Good evening. <laughs> Clear my throat up. <laughs> Try to uh, clear the little bit of chill that's in the air tonight. November 13th at 8.30 p.m. It is the Watchman Podcast. Like she mouthed Back at it. Try to get the brothers in here. Pastor Jason's in. Good evening, sir. Good evening, sir. How was your ride home? One second here. Take your time. I'm still trying to get Joshua and Eric in. I'm actually going to throw one out to... I'm serving him like, man, I'll listen if I can. All right. Eric is uh, out doing some kingdom work out there. Oh, let's see. I don't know if you remember, Jason, but um, um, Wes did a, um, a podcast with us earlier on from last night. Hold on, brother. Hold on. Daniel was talking to me about something. All right. Are you waiting on other guys to come in to show or what? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get them in here. It looks like uh, um, Eric's going to be serving tonight, so he won't be joining us. So go ahead. I'll uh, I'll start talking about stuff. Yo, yo. Brother Joshua, how was the ride home, brother? It was long and tiring. No, it was good, man. It was Smooth ride, smooth ride. Glad to be home, getting some rest, and got a nice little fire in the fireplace, and we've just been chilling in the living room together with the family. It's good stuff. Nice. So what we got got going on tonight? We're sounding the trumpets, brother. Right. Trying to wake these lost souls up, these lukewarm Christians so they don't get spit out the mouth. <laughs> Time is coming, man. Uh, yeah, watching the video, uh, I was already fired up writing some stuff down for the show. And then I watch him and I was like, dude, he is right there. We're we're right there on the same page of uh what the, the bride needs to wake up, man. That's it's gonna be the parable of of the 10 virgins and uh mm. i'm gonna tell you right you're talking now about the, you're talking about the video of marcus rogers that i just sent you guys yeah 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 yeah, yeah i like that dude he's he preaches good he's you know he seems to have a good relationship with god he seems to preach the truth but you know he comes at people in love but he's got a certain you know he's got a certain position and influence um with with different people i, I like marcus but I actually have a question about one of the things he said when we get into it. You know, I wish I was a little more uh, compassionate, softer to, uh, to, to uh, come across, but you know, that's just, that's just how I am where I'm at, man. Like I'm, I'm over really over these people who think they know more than somebody who's lived and experienced a life that they can't even comprehend. 
And when you try to, to tell them, and it's something he said too, it's like nobody liked the prophets. Nobody wanted to see yeah. the prophet come. And I was like, you know what? And I'm not comparing myself to any prophet, but that's, that's how I, I look at things now is like, nobody wants to hear what I'm going to say because it's going to be like, Hey, you need to check this and you need to check that because just from the things that I know, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm not trying to get any kind of, of clout off it. I'm giving all the glory to God, but dude, in a, in a time that we're in right now, it's, it's either wake up, put up or shut up because you're going to be left outside going to go getting some oil and the party's going to be going on inside and you're not going to know what's going on. You're going to be left behind. Yeah. Well, the same thing, you know, that goes right along with what you and I were talking about when we first met up uh, in the parking lot today, before we even got out to start doing any outreach or ministry. And then it ended up being exactly that today. And Jason and I both talked about it where you, for one, you have to be led by Holy Spirit. You know, we can go out and try to do all the good in the world. We can try to go out and pray for as many people and minister healing or preach the gospel or whatever. And we, you know, you will see, you will see fruit from that. People will be blessed. Um, you will see people get healed. People will hear the gospel. And because it's God's word, it's got power in it. You know, there's power in it. But if you're not going with Holy Spirit, if you're not, you know, cooperating and working with him and being led by him, you're not going to see near the amount of fruit. It's not going to have near the amount of impact. But all, all of that being said is being led by the Holy Spirit. You're going to know the times when to preach a little bit of a harder gospel. You're going to know the times where somebody needs kind of the fire and brimstone message and the, you know, the turn or burn kind of thing, like, hey, the end is near, you need to get right. Or there are other times where you're like, okay, this is more of a time to share the love of Jesus. And these people need to be loved on and they need to be led to him in a more compassionate and a more gentle way. Or this person needs life spoken into them. They need hope. You know, they need seeds of hope planted into their life um and so do that it's all about just being led by holy spirit and you're you are exactly right where when you come preaching you know this is what it is this is the the holy sanctified set apart life that we are called to live no compromise no you know i'm not coming out here to tickle your ears and that's one of the biggest things you know that's one, one of the things marcus mentioned a little bit on that video and it's one of the things that we talk about on a regular basis and what we preach on a regular basis. We're not coming out here to tell you guys what you want to hear and give you just a feel good message. We're not coming just to invite you to church because, oh, our pastor is just the best and the worship music. It's so good. No, we're coming out here preaching the truth. Sometimes it's going to hurt. You know, it's the, the word of God is called the sword for a reason because it can cut. Um, but man, a lot of the people that, you know, today at, at that, um, you know, at that project complex, whatever it was, um, it was one of those days to 
love on some kids, yes. a couple of families, you know, a couple of families came out there. And I, I know a, a few of you guys grouped up with them and started praying and people got touched and people received the Holy spirit. Well, um, and that guy, Joshua that, that walked up, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. He, for him. Tell... Go ahead. Yeah. For, for him, it was, it, it was speaking encouragement into his life. It was a little bit of speaking encouragement. I think some of the things that we were, you know, just like breaking off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I think that was helping for him because he, he walked away with a completely different countenance than he came Dude, up he with even ha- doing fist bumps. Like he was pumping some fists in the air <laughs> when he walked away from his shoulders down to his hands. He was who, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. like that's when, you know, that that holy ghost laid on him and you're right he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been um responsive to the uh you're going to hell change your ways you know this is what your sin is you've made your bed take it up and 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 carry it he wouldn't have been responsive to that at all he was needing that encouragement that uh that we spoke into and that life that we spoke over But all in all, I think it was a pretty good two days, you know, with the deliverance session and with the uh, the outreach today. I think another thing that got me is just really just it just shows me how close. And you know, I don't know the time or the hour, but if we can't look at society today and and see the resemblance in it. And in Romans, and what Paul wrote in Romans uh, 1, 21 through 32, which I'm going to read that here in just a little bit. If we don't see the resemblance in that, then there's nothing we can do for this, this world other than just go out horns ablazing, uh, I guess would be the best way to do it, blowing that trumpet and just letting them know, look, you know, looking like that crazy man on the side of the road with a sign, the end is nigh, the end is nigh, but there's just no way about it, man. I watched this video, uh, Isaiah Salvador put it on and it was, uh, Billy Eilish, you know, Billy Eilish or whatever her name is. Uh, of course she was cursing God, flipping off God and saying that, uh, it's, their body, their choice, and it, that she's tired of old uh, white men or old men telling her what she needs to do with her body. And it's like she proclaims to thousands of little girls that they are the victims of this because they're being told what to do with their body. Not one mention of the baby that is murdered, the blood sacrifice that is made to her demon lord. And that dude, I was, when I got home, went to prayer, sat in prayer for a while, just praying. And, uh, dude, when I got home after that, he just led me, man. He led me to Romans, uh, one and to, uh, to Timothy three, one, like it's time for us to sound the trumpets. If people do not change their ways, even the Christians who, who, who think they're Christians, if they do not stop this, we accept you for who you are. We accept every sin you do, everything that's going on. Like, 
it's these watered down pulpits, these ear tickling preachers that, that have the, the bride just completely washed, just completely washed. No backbone. They don't do anything, but they go to their church. They go in the structure because it's not the church. We, what we have been doing the past two days, that's the church. And that's what's taken away from most believers. They don't know their, they don't know their own identity. They don't know their identity as the bride. They don't know what their calling is. They don't know what their authority is. They've been sitting in a pew so long, staring at the back of somebody's head, knowing when to jump up and say, amen, knowing when to thump on their Bible, but not doing anything that Jesus was doing. And it's sad. And that's where the bride is now. Those are going to be the virgins who are low on oil and who are leaving that night. And I'm not going to be one of them. I'm keeping my oil full, my wick trimmed. I'm ready. But we got to start calling us, even us right now. We got to put, and it's not, it's not being judgmental. We have righteous judgment as Christians with one another. And we have to know when to call them out. And when we're not doing it, when we're not calling out sin for what it is, and when we're not calling sin, sin, then what we end up with is we end up with homosexuals in leadership roles in churches. We end up with the, the bride, some churches accepting abortions. We end up with their children, our children, idolizing these secular pop stars instead of focusing on Jesus because we're too lazy as parents to put our foot down because we want to be our children's best friend instead of doing what we have to do and being that guy that steps into the room and they're like, oh, well, oh, here comes that guy that just wants to keep telling us how evil a Christmas tree is and how evil Halloween is and, and how evil secular music is and how it's all produced by these Freemasons. And that's it. I don't care. I know that's my role now. I know that's who I am. I would not have been led that way. Even when I was thinking that I was doing my own thing, I know that God let me learn so much just so I could come out and preach. And I'm not going to be lukewarm. When he tastes me, he's going to say, boy, you are hot. I can't swallow you because you're too hot. And that's where I'm going to stand. And that's where I want to bring everybody who hears these words to that. I just want to read Romans 1, 21 to 32 right now, just because there has not been one change in popular culture because the Roman Empire has never fallen. It has just been hidden in Roman Catholicism and it has been hidden by the Freemasons who came here knowing this land existed way before we even sailed over here and colonized it. They've been calling this the new world for centuries and they're changing everything to make it this new world order but right here we read because that when they knew god they glorified him not as god neither were thankful <laughs> you look around today even in the church these people showing up girls showing up with with dresses so tight on their their stuff that you can see everything they got no modesty no humility but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's all of entertainment. That's what they're doing to our kids right now. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That is every bit of science 
and math that there is going on right now. And all a bit of every bit of atheism is that is they listen to one guy who they think is smarter than them. I was the same dude. I was the same guy. So I know from experience what's going on with that. They listen to one guy thinking, oh, well, he's smarter than me because he's got all these documents to say. So go ahead, Josh, what you got? You don't like Neil Neil deGrasse with the smush mash day? Man, I would love. <laughs> it'll make me lose my religion on Neil deGrasse. I would have to ask for repentance after meeting him, is all I can say. Is I would have to ask for repentance. I would have to beg, forgive me, Jesus. I did not mean to smash the enamel off his teeth. It just, he, he smiled the wrong way. And change the glory of an uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness. So Paul tells us right there that all these people, that we even go out and we hit the streets and we tell these people their hearts are so blinded, so blinded by the corruption of this world. One, the devil has done his job because they don't even think he exists. But two, their hearts are so blinded that there have been many watchmen who have come to them before telling them what, what's up and they've turned away from it. That it says God has given them up. Given them up, man. How would you like to be on that list? That's a scary list to be on. Knowing then, but that's the thing is they don't even know. Their hearts are so blinded. They have no idea and they think they're so smart and they're going to tell you some mathematical equation or tell you what some scientist told them or they read, blah, de blah, and it's all bull crap. It's all meant to deceive and cloud their minds. Let's go back to it. Wherefore God gave them, where God also gave them up to their uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to their vile affections. That's why you look at anything that comes on Netflix today, anything that comes on Hulu, any kind of popular secular entertainment. There has to be two gay couples, the token black dude, the Hispanic uh, guy who's probably mowing the yard. I'm not being racist. I'm just calling it out what it is. These are the, the stereotypes that all of these have so that we can get this laugh. Everything's based with track laughter so <laughs> that you know exactly when it's time to laugh. They, they, they tell you, uh, uh, they tell you exactly when it's time to laugh. So, you know, it's funny because the laughing track came in and that's when you got to laugh because, you know, our, our masters told us to jump. So we're going to jump. We're jumping right now. Dude, I'm so I'm, I'm gonna have to pass the mic off. I gotta breathe for a little bit, but uh, go ahead, Pastor Jason, grab a hold of it, or, or Joshua, whoever wants to leave. Hallelujah! I just jumped on, guys. Sorry, I was uh, tuning into my wife's day and listening to her uh, tell me how her day went, and uh, uh, just kind of comparing days a little bit and catching up since we hadn't seen my honey today, but. Um, man, I, I just want to talk about last night and last night was phenomenal, amazing mass deliverance here, uh, in this region. I don't know if, uh, brother Steven is still on. I believe he is. Yes, sir. Uh,
Stephen, brother Stephen, he's still on here. Um, but yeah, man, the the worship was incredible last night. It was. Uh, pastors were amazingly anointed. I just see an increase in the anointing in in those pastors right there. I just see a new mantle coming on them for more moving in the authority of apostles because. Uh, Man, I tell you, they 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 brought the house down last night. It was it was amazing. Yeah, there was definitely uh, so. definitely some portals opening last night, and, and some stuff being broke off. All Absolutely, over man. That Absolutely. whole place. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was amazing, man. And uh, Daniel was telling me that today she had some. Uh, she got really uh, challenged by the enemy today. Uh, someone came into the storm and was trying to get her to come into agreement with uh, sometimes God doesn't heal people all the time because he's sovereign and, hmm. you know, all this stuff, you know. And then one lady comes in and, and begins to completely uh, talk about how that she used to be in the craft and uh, she's a part of the church, but she never really shows up at the church. Um and began to manifest and challenge Dana in the room of the spirit. And Dana just pretty much told her, you've got devils and I can cast them out of you. And if you don't want them cast out, then pay for your tea and get out of my store. Amen. <laughs> man, all the fullness just rose up inside of her. I'll, I'll let her tell her story right quick. Guys. Get on, sister every- Dana. Come on, girl. Look, I don't kick everybody with devils out of my store. That ain't what... <laughs> He made it sound like I stick out. I wouldn't you have probably wouldn't get any business. We got the saints only sign here, brother. Right. Ahead, so what had happened was, no, she came in and um, walked over to the bar, and I was sitting kind of on the couch off to the side, and she's she stops and turns over her shoulder and says, Dana, you don't know me, but I go to church with you. And I've never seen this woman before. Like, she doesn't even look familiar to me. And I was like, oh, okay, well, um, I sit up front, so I don't really see many people. And sometimes we leave right after church. She said, well, I leave before church is over. I don't see y'all or the pastor very often. I was like, okay, well, it's a pleasure to meet you. And then she starts crying and it was like, there were real tears, but I instantly knew that it was not the Lord bringing the tears and that the confession, she started confessing to me, um, stuff that she had gone through addiction rehab how she wound up here who she lives with just sins different stuff you know but it was false it was fake it was real stuff no doubt i'm sure it happened but it wasn't real confession from conviction it was fake and um i still couldn't discern exactly what was going on though like i was a little confused you know and then um she she was super super dramatic though loud too like she didn't care who heard her and then she said um that you know i started studying all these different religions and i was in the craft you know do you know what that means and i said yeah i know what that means and so at that point then i locked eyes with her and i i did not break eye contact you know because i knew something was up and um i I asked her i said do you want to come sit beside me and she said, yeah. And she came and sat beside me and I looked at her and I just stared her in her eyes the whole time she was talking. And she stared in mine too. Go. Like she, it was powerful. She, she was, she was not backing down. She had no fear of me 
maintain an eye contact with her. And she said, um, she starts telling me she was studying all these different religions because that's what she had to do to find out if Jesus was real and to find the truth. And that's how she wound up in her craft. And then that's how she wound up in paganism. And then she asked me again, do you understand what I'm saying to you? And I said, yeah, I understand what you're saying far better than you think I do. And she said, uh, and I asked her, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, I'm glad you said, you know, the truth now. Cause she told me that she knew Jesus was King. So I'm glad you said that, you know, Jesus is King and you know the truth now, but let me ask you something. Have you had anybody cast those devils out of you since you got out of that mess you was in that let them all in? Cause you're full of them. <laughs> Come and on. I can do that for you. And she, she got real like, she raised her voice a little bit. She said, that's dangerous. That's so dangerous. I said, no, it's not. I can take care of that for you today. That's not, it's not dangerous. And she kind of leaned in towards me as she said, they can jump on you. And when she said that, it, it I told Jason and the way I described yeah, it to pastor. Yeah. Like if, if the feeling of nausea could be a tornado, it was like I had a tornado of nausea going around my body and I felt super nauseous as if, and I knew what they was happening. It was, it was trying to come on me. She was trying yeah. to put them on me. And I I told her straight up, I leaned in, I said, go ahead. You're about to find out just how full this house really is. Come on. And when I said that, yeah. it stopped. And I just started binding it. I said, I bind the spirit of witchcraft. And I just started going through and binding stuff. And she she shaked a little bit. And she said, I said, do you want me to cast these out of you? Do you want to be free from this? She said, no, I can't. I can't. It's too dangerous. I said, all right, well, you go up there and you pay for your tea and you get your tea and you get out of my store and don't come back until you want freedom. That's right. Come on. And the, and the reason, go. the reason yeah. is because I know that she came there with a purpose. She came, mm -hmm. I, she came there with a target on, on me. She was not just some customer that came in. She came in and within two minutes she was saying, Dana, you don't know me, but I go to church with you. So yep. it was a direct attack. I have no doubt. Yeah, it was on a sign. Direct attack towards towards her. So uh, I just wanted her to jump on and share that story, man. I thought that was amazing, especially after last night's service, man, and just having oh, uh, and she activation saying, take place with deliverance, you know, in this region and stuff, you know. She started with saying how badly she wanted to be at the deliverance. That's how she started it. She was so upset, like she had tears come. She said, I wanted to be at that the deliverance service so badly. I just really wanted to be there, but I forgot at the last minute. And so the woman wanted to come to deliverance, but yet she didn't want deliverance. You know? Right. Like it just didn't add up. So well, yeah, we we all know. Day. Yeah. Well, we all know that when we start really taking territory and really showing who we are and that hey, we're coming in to make an impact in this region, like what you guys are doing up there. I mean, Yvonne and I saw a little bit of that in our neighborhood when we first started going around praying and doing this. You, when you start stirring up devils, they start showing their faces. You already know that. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's a wild story. Sounds like you handled it perfectly, Dana. I'm sure that you're, you're confident in the way that you handled it, but that's always, um, that's always a sign that you're doing something right. <laughs> when, when the when the enemy's getting That's upset right. and have and having to show his face, be like, "Hey, I uh, I know where you are. 
Yeah. All right. I see. You might know where I'm at, but you still don't have any power. So, well, you know, it was, it was like what we dealt with all day today on outreach. You know, we definitely were hindered by a spirit of distraction and a spirit of interruption, no matter which way we went until we got settled in and brought those kids in. It was the kids that broke that stuff, man. Yeah, maybe. I think, um, it's possible. I know that we've gone out many weekends and we've had something in the spiritual realm hindering us or, you know, blocking it or, or whatever, keeping us from getting some breakthrough, keeping people from hearing it or, you know, running the people off who would have heard it. Um, yeah. Today, when we first started out, it was it was a little unorganized. It was a little, you know, chaotic. I, I don't know necessarily know that that was a spirit coming against us so much as we sort of showed up today without a real solid plan i know jason had a few places he wanted to hit um yeah it was like hey let's let's kind of see what's popping around here and it just yeah. it was just a little scat it was a little scattered for a minute but um you know i think that we came together with a pretty good and this is one of the things we've been doing over the the last number of weeks is we we're trying different things um, you know, we're learning as we go, it's on the job training and we're, we're figuring out the places where it seems like Holy spirit keeps bringing us back to, we are finding the places that we're seeing fruit and it looks like the potential for more to keep coming back. And we're finding places that were potentials, you know, on the radar and we go and it's like, all right, this wasn't what we hoped it would be. Um, but, you know, the place where we went today, we've been there a number of times. Jason and I, you, we were talking about that today, that this, this little complex, this project, you know, or whatever, seems like a good one for um, a community outreach where we can see people come back into the kingdom. We can see breakthrough. Yeah. We can, we're, we're able to, to speak into and preach into the next generation as well. Um, but also getting out there and just, and building those relationships, doing every other week thing, mm -hmm. we get out there and, you know, actually start to meet people. This is what our fourth time at that same neighborhood. And every single time we see the same few people come out and we meet more and more. And today it was the same way. We had a decent little crowd out there today because we, we finally jumped in the, we finally jumped in the middle of it. Yeah. You know, whereas the last few times we stood on the outside we made our presence known. We met a few people. Some people got prayer. They got healing. You know, some some kids gave their life to the Lord. And this time we jumped in the middle of the complex and we did a little bit more and we made some more connections. And I think today was a big step. I think it was great. Yeah, um, you know, I think, I think today was more of like testing the water to see what we could get away with. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, and exactly. We get in the middle of the complex and not get the law called on us with sound and and you know preaching or praying or whatever over over people. You know, hindsight looking back on today, um, you know, I was telling Dana, I was like, you know, nothing spectacular like broke out or anything as far as like through us that are normal team members, but some girls got filled with the Holy ghost, but you had a girl that got filled Amen. with the Holy ghost too, which is pretty awesome. That's spectacular. Amen. Not to, we don't want to minimize ever, to, yep. ever to yep. minimize the ministry of the Holy spirit. Um, but uh, as far as like, you know, just, you know, sister Stephanie out there and just kind of like this kind of like mothering those girls and loving on them and hugging on them. And one of them getting filled with the Holy ghost was, 
was awesome. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, but yeah, just kind of looking at it and getting that, 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 uh, that feel for what we could do and what we, you know, getting out, getting off, getting in the middle of the complex, um, was awesome, man. Was it was yeah, awesome. I guess right. we went right. from toe right. testing it to getting knee deep in that stuff today. And I think we'll see more of a move like we were talking about getting a field day together or something like that, doing some, maybe some flag football, maybe even, you know, we'll just put our heads together and, and brainstorm, maybe Frisbee or I mean, anything to, to get them active. And when we fire up that grill and start searing some, uh, some beef and some dogs, that's going to bring everybody around. But, you know, and like, like we were talking, get the flyers out two weeks in advance, let them know, you know, maybe a flag football, community flag football game, uh, whatever, you know, whatever we can think of. And I liked your idea of getting the prizes and stuff too, Jason, you know, uh, yeah. so when they go ahead, brother. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, what, whatever we can do, man. I mean, cause I mean, the gospel is as much relational as it is supernatural, you know, God, God is jealous about families and restoration families is just as much as he's jealous about someone being healed of a blind eye, you know, is just as much as he's reckless Amen. in his love about somebody getting up out of a wheelchair. His love is just as reckless when it comes to restoring families and seeing families, you know, uh, you know, join together and, and minister to, you know, um, you know, his, his love is jealous, man. And, um, you know, I think it's just as, you know, like, you know, the gospel is just as much as, as reaching people as it is just is, you know, I think sometimes, man, you know, when we're going after the miraculous and we're going after miracles, man, we forget the simplicity as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we're looking for the spectacular. We miss the simplicity and the Lord wanting to move in the area of, of simplicity. And, and what Amen. I mean by that in the sense of that, Hey, yeah, well, I'm looking for the miracles and I, and I, I'm believing God for the miracles to happen. And yes, you know, signs and wonders follow us. And, and, you know, we're believing God from the miraculous, but in, in, in the supernatural, but I believe that the Lord also, he just wants to be simple too, in the sense that, he is looking to restore people in their emotions and their family and break addictions and break chains and bring healing, bring forgiveness. And, uh, you know, just meet, meet people in the practical as well as, as well as the supernatural man. So I think it's going to be good, you know, in that region, man, to kind of impact that area with that yeah. mentality. And I think we'll see more fruit come out of that. But by being persistent in that one neighborhood versus you know, like when we go to Atlanta, man, it's a different, you know, yes. I'm, I'm, what I'm learning to do as well, just even personally, I'm learning how to adjust to the different regions that we hit because there's a different spirit or a different feel oh, yeah. or a different uh, assignment when we step into different places, man. And I'm trying to learn to be mindful of that because when we go to Atlanta, it's no holds bar. It's wide open. It's boom. It's casting out devils. It's, you know, praying for people right. as they go by. It's ministering to the poor. It's, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And it's just like, you know, we're like, you know, uh, you know, explosion and, you know, crazy stuff happening. But when we step into the neighborhoods, man, it's more like, all right, Holy Spirit, 
what do we do here? <laughs> yeah. you know, Show us how to minister re- to this family. Yeah, I got to reset, got to readjust, you know. And uh, but yeah, it's awesome. Go ahead, Bubba. Well, that was one of the things that you know when we were walking uh, the perimeter of it, um, there was a guy working on a minivan, and uh, you know I just kind of went up to him and you know started a conversation and was like, hey, you know we're doing community outreach over here at the playground. Um, whenever you get done, you know, come on over. He said, oh, that's great, man. He said, I got three kids. I said, he said, I'll be over there in just a little while. Excuse me. That was the guy that came in there towards the end in the blue hoodie. Brought the three younger kids with him. And, you know, that's what that's what we need to reach right there is when we can get either both parents or one parent to come in and bring the kids and, and minister to all of them and have somebody there like Stephanie who is in that mothership role who – who can tend to children while, you know, the ones who have had crazy lives can minister to, to those, those parents that are probably in some of the situations that we have been in. But real quick, I want to catch uh, Annie's question or comment here. And Annie, I'm all, I'm honored that you're here. I want to know if you are still going to JG Lake uh, ministries to uh, have service. So let us know on that as well. Here's her uh, message. Hey y'all. I haven't been able to tune in for a while. It's good to hear y'all's voices. How y'all doing? Awesome. Um, really random. On Tuesday afternoon, I got a random word for you, James Hardison, and I don't know what it means. Um, but I just prayed for you. Um, and yeah, it was Hardison is at stage and he needs a preview. When I get random mm-hmm. words, I just pray Jesus will be done. Because I'm not always able to interpret what's going on. Hope y'all are good. No, we're awesome, man. It's always awesome to hear from you. We're glad you're here at the show. Um, wow, that's um, that's something else. I don't know. You'll take that word anyways, amen? I'll take it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, preview it because I'm telling what? you right now, like what? I said, when we started out the show, I'm I'm red hot, dude. I'm Everything is that even I've heard Isaiah the past few things that I've watched him on talking about being the watchman on the wall. And I was like, look, dude, like we really when we started this, you know, it was the whole thing because I kept having those dreams and being woke up. And it's like, I I really do believe that this is what we're supposed to be doing. Everything that we've done in the past two days. And, you know, it's always when we do these every Saturday night. And I was talking to Joshua about this when we were driving back to his truck, it continues on Sunday morning at Christ fellowship, the same stuff that we were talking about. So it shows me that that's Holy ghost driven, but go ahead, Joshua, take what you got there, bro. Yeah. Just um, before, and you already know this. So this is just kind of a reminder. um, And for Annie as well, you know, take this and use it. Um, at different times. So for that word, I'm sitting here and I keep repeating it to myself, but here's what James, here's what you can do with it. Annie, anybody else listening? Um, one of the things that praying in tongues does is it brings revelation. Mm-hmm. So James, for that word that she had for you, you know, she said what James Hardison is at the stage and he needs a preview. Is that what she said? Uh, I think it was something like I think, that. I, I think, yes. that, I think that's what it was. And, uh, Mm. good old connection problems well we'll get give it a few seconds and let joshua come back in go ahead pastor jason take over 
Oh yeah, I'm just yeah, I was just going to jump back in there. You know, uh, <clears throat> you're given the stage and you need a preview. What I was picking up off of that, what I felt Holy Spirit was dropping in my spirit, is that the Lord is bringing you to the forefront. And there's the preview is there's about to be some open doors that God's going to bring bring open for you. There's a preview that's about to take place. There's a releasing. There's an unfolding that the Holy Spirit's bringing forth in your life. Brother Joshua, what'd you get off of that too? Go ahead, brother. Uh-huh. Looks like I'm back. Okay. I guess I lost connection for a minute. Um, I heard what you were saying, Jason, there towards the end. And uh, that was good. Really, I was just going to encourage the praying and, you know, praying in the spirit for revelation on these things. Um, You know, James, for you on that, Jason, sounds like you had a pretty good uh, kind of interpretation for it. Annie, if you get random words like that for people or for yourself, or you're just looking for some breakthrough, uh, in, in prayer for a specific thing, pray in tongues with your mind focused on that thing. And, uh, Holy spirit brings revelation through those. I've had it happen to me a number of times. Um, but there was, there was something else. I was trying to jump back to what we were talking about before we listened to her message. Um, Oh, it was, it, it was kind of, it was what we were talking about with the difference in the neighborhoods and versus downtown Atlanta. And, tying in with what we talked about at the very beginning, just following the lead of the Holy spirit, you know, watching, watching the environment, the atmosphere that you're in and attacking it, you know, approaching it appropriately. And one thing that I've noticed, and I said, it might've been Yvonne that I said this to, um, you know, last night with the mass deliverance service, it, which was, it was powerful, man. I loved seeing, I loved seeing the breakthrough and the freedom come, uh, in that house. And I believe that last night was just the beginning, man. I told your pastor last night, um, right before we opened the doors for the crowd to come in, I asked him, I was like, is this the first one of these you've done here? And he said, yeah, I was like, boy, we're about to open this with a bang. So we're going to kick this off. Right. Which That's we did. Right. It was, it was good, man. Um, but I've noticed that, all of this tying in with just hitting, hitting the specific place, the area, the environment appropriately is, and this, this kind of ties in as well with some of the teachings from Robert Henderson um, with like the courtrooms of heaven and where he talks about, where he talks about stepping into that realm. You know, when you're in prayer, he's like, I could tell I, I stepped into that place. I stepped into that realm um, whether he's praying for healing for his wife, that was one of the testimonies or doing, doing the whole courtroom process He's like in the spirit, I step into that place. And I've noticed that I, mean, I even noticed this last night. Um, when I was, when I was running around too much, just like, Oh, are you waiting for prayer? Okay. Let me pray for you. Cause that's what I'm doing. Even though we talked about it beforehand, don't, don't be in the flesh. Let the Holy spirit lead. Sometimes it's hard when there's a crowd and you're running. And I found myself a number of times simply praying in the flesh. I was, I was there trying to go through the process, but I was not, I wasn't as present with that one person and with the Holy spirit as I needed to be. But then there were other times where I was and uh, Chandler was the very first person that I got to pray with and was really present with him. And I had a connection with him. Even when I first met him, I knew that there was some kind of connection and just couldn't figure out what it was. Uh, and there was, an, there was another young kid who was like 16. It was the kid who went out on outreach with us. He goes to your church, Jason. 
um, he went out on outreach with us a few weeks ago. Yeah, when we, yeah last uh, last week, wasn't it? Maybe it was last week. It might have been two weeks ago. But a young kid, yeah. six years. Yeah. So I, his mom came up to me at one point when I was just walking around praying. And she, she pointed at him and she was like, my son, he's right over there. He needs something. He, I couldn't really understand what she was saying. It was kind of loud. And she was like, he's, he's struggling. Da, 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 da. Would you go pray for him? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I started walking towards him and then I recognized his face and I, I walked up to him, introduced myself. And I was like, I remember you, you came out with us. And I just kind of stopped and I felt myself. I was intentional about it, but I felt myself step into that realm. I felt myself step into a different place. And I didn't, I didn't immediately say like, what do you need prayer for? Or what's going on? I just looked at him for a minute, just looked at him right in the eyes. And I, I felt myself in the spirit step into a different place. And it was really personal. It was really one-on-one, maybe two-on-one me and the Holy spirit and him, we were all right there. And Amen. Dude, dude, breakthrough started coming immediately before I ever said a thing. I saw it. I felt it. He felt it. I saw him. I saw it shift. I felt it shift. And it was the same way today with the girl who I, I met when I was when I wandered off. I felt it. I felt it shift. I felt it change. And that's when, I, you know, I had already been kind of speaking into her life and speaking true things. They were real. Like it was like she was connecting with it and agreeing with it and telling me, you know, yeah, that's kind of, that's how I am. But I felt it when it shifted. And there's there's such a big difference that I have noticed when we are able to be present with the person we're talking to, you know, in, a, in an environment like last night, sometimes that's hard. Cause you got a lot of stuff going on around you. You got a lot of breakthrough happening. You got a lot of noise. You got preaching, you got music, you got people crying, you got people falling out, other people trying to cover them with blankets. And, but it, it makes such a big difference. And, and we talked about this, you know, Jason mentioned this a minute ago, how like when you go into downtown Atlanta, it's more of like, you're going, you're going all in. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's a it's attack it's going hard it's praying for people as they walk by it's talking to cops when they come up and you know keeping keeping somebody who's coming over there swinging a street sign (laughs) you know there's it's a different kind of chaos but this is what this is what god's been working on with me no matter what no matter where i am whether there's only one person around or whether there's a crowd around be present with that one person and, and step out, step outside of yourself and into that, into that spiritual realm where they need it. Do they need to meet the father? You know, do you need to step in at, do you need to step in to the counsel of the Lord? Like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to you as a friend and I'm bringing this person as their friend. I'm coming in the middle. I'm being their mediator. Yeah. And I'm, I'm presenting them to you. Or is this a, you know, a judge thing and God, we need, we need you to be a righteous judge right now. And we're bringing this before your courtroom. You know, there's, we can do a lot of learning and a lot of training. Jason, I was laughing at you earlier when we were talking about talking to that one lady. I can't remember her name right now. She's like, Oh, we got Wednesday night prayer. Well, you can sit there and get taught all night long or you can step out and do it. 
Like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, that's but, right, man. The mountain's been truthful, bro. I mean, oh, I know. I mean, I, we, I, can, well, I can teach you evangel. I can teach you evangelism 101 yeah. on Wednesday nights all day long. Yep. And that's great. That's awesome. We need teaching. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But uh, listen here, Acts 1 1. Oh, Theophilus, the things are right unto you. Of all the things that Jesus both taught and did. did. That's right. Jesus yep. taught and did. Come on. And that was my, my answer to her today. Is like, look, I can teach you evangelism 101. I can teach you how to flow in the word of knowledge. I can teach you how to receive words of knowledge. I can teach you how to push for details when getting a word of knowledge, asking God questions. I can teach you how to flow in the supernatural gifts, how to, you know, position yourself, how to soak, how to this, how to that. I can teach you all this stuff, but until you actually step out and do it, you, yep. you've never done it. Yep. Go ahead. And that's what I'm saying. It's, and that's what I'm saying is getting out and applying it because, you know, Yvonne and I, that's one of the things that for the last two years, even before that, but really heavily the last two years, we've been training ourselves and every opportunity we get to apply that training, we, we step out and we do it. And when I learn something new, such as this whole courtrooms of heaven thing and the different ways to, to approach God, the different hit his different positions, the different roles that he plays, depending on what's going on and how to, how to approach him, how to pray effectively I've, I've already shared it with you guys you know jason i shared some more details with you today and so i'm not going to really get into that right now but we learned it and the very next night i i applied it and saw it work whereas everything that we had been learning and and being trained on and even practicing for the last two years two plus years had not worked the whole time so you learn something new and then you immediately step out and apply it, um, which is why I love calling this on the job training. When we get out here and we do this, like, yes, we are being the hands and feet of Jesus. Yes, people are coming to know him. Yes, they are hearing the gospel preached. They are seeing signs and wonders when that's when that is what's needed. You know, if healing needs to take place, people are getting healed. When deliverance needs to get take, you know, to take place, we've seen deliverance on the streets. We saw deliverance inside the building last night, whatever it is. So it's up to us to keep, to keep sharpening ourselves, That's to it. keep training and then get out and do it and do realize, it yeah, I don't, I don't have to do this perfectly. You know, I don't have to necessarily know a hundred percent how this works, but God's work. He's right beside me. And so when I step out and I start looking at somebody and I take the time to, to look at them and just slow down a little bit and say, I know God wants to do a work in your life. And you listen with one ear to their voice. You listen with the other ear to Holy Spirit. What is it that they need? And you'll, you'll see it start to work. Then. A lot of this I'm speaking just for, for myself, you know, because it's what God's been doing with me. Slow down. Slow down. Be present with these people. That's it. Yeah. And listen. Listen and be yeah. obedient. Um, we'll catch uh, Annie's next question here. No, I haven't been back to John G. Lake Ministries. Um, 
Out of respect for my own family's restoration and healing, I went back to the Baptist church, which is so great. I love it. I do. I love the Baptist church. I love the Baptist people. And it's really cool. We're sitting there. We have, uh, we're sitting there at the table because it's, I mean, technically there for Bible study and people are talking and there's deliverance happen just with talking and that's beautiful to see. Um, like it, it's cool to see how God can work in different ways and get deliverance through different things. Um, but yeah, one of these days I'll be able to get back to the full bread. Yeah. <laughs> well, just let us know. We, we want any kind of, uh, we'd like to get you in here and any kind of report that you can get back from John G. Lake Ministries as a uh, firsthand. We, we'd like to hear it. But go ahead, Pastor Jason. What you got, brother? I want to share uh, John chapter 4, verse 33. All right. Hallelujah. Four, Let's get back to uh, verse 31. Now, this is right after uh, Jesus encounters the woman at the well, and he offers her the water that will spring up inside of her, which will mm-hmm. lead to everlasting life. Yes, in salvation. And so this is right after this takes place. And um, she's going into the city and telling everyone to come see a man who told me everything about me. You know, uh, So picking up in verse 31, it says, In the meantime, his, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Mm. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Come on. And to finish, finish his work. His yes. Work. Woo. He says, do not say that there are in four months and then comes the harvest. Yes, it's still good. He says, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest and he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that he that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together for this is the saying is true one sows and another reaps i sent you to reap for that which you have not labored come on hallelujah Mm -hmm. others have labored and you have entered into their labors you know remember paul said this paul emphasized this also in his letters his epistles he said i paul plant apollos waters but god gets the increase amen and so i want to skip back to verse 34 because i really want to highlight right there verse 34 what jesus said he says my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What was the work of the father? It's a good question, huh? That's good. What is it uh talked about? What what is what is the work of the father? And Jesus says, My meat is to do the will of him who sent me. That is what our sole purpose is when we go out on the streets, is to the, do, do, do His will. And what is God's will? What is the work of the Father? The work of the Father is this. Our Father, Goodness. which art in heaven, 
Hallowed yes, be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is mm-hmm. in heaven. God's work is for heaven to be on this earth that we invade that we infiltrate this earth by bringing heaven everywhere we go man and you know when jesus went on to say he said look up the fields are white for harvest listen when i was sitting there in the projects today man or sitting there in the inner city today the holy spirit struck my heart so strong man because i was sitting there thinking god Lord, I want to be in the middle of a crowd. I want to be in the middle of, or there's a bunch of people, Lord, and I want to push for harvest, and I want to see breakthrough, and I want to see glory, and I want to see this, and I want to see that. And the Lord really convicted me. You know what he said? He said, he said, he said look behind you. There's a harvest right behind you. Mm. And there was those kids playing on yep. the playground. And I was like... Oh my God, Lord, look, I got to look up, change my perspective. Look up because the fields were white for harvest. Those kids are right. They were right for harvest today. And I was like, oh Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I just had to repent right there, man. I had to repent. I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry. You know, forgive me for, for just the mentality of the crowds when you're after the one that's it yeah when you're after the children forsake not the children to come unto me for such as the is is the kingdom of heaven no it's and good. i was like dude man that really just nailed me today yeah, and just what we're just talking right about there. right now and just you know our 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 you know we're learning as we go and we're growing we're maturing in the lord in in you know I love conferences. I love mass evangelism. I love, I love revival services. I love tent meetings. I love all that, man. I love all that. But you know, when it comes to the streets, when it comes to harvest in the streets, man, we really got to change, you know, and, and just really just take it, take that time. Like Joshua was saying, man, for that one, take that time and just pull back and say, all right, Father, what do you want to do? What are you wanting to do right here, Lord? You know, what do you want to do, man? And I'm just telling you, man, I'm just being honest, bro. Holy Spirit just really struck a chord in my heart today when we're there in the middle, in the inner city. And, you know, just about, look, there's a harvest right there behind you. Right there, yeah. You know, there's a harvest right here. Look up, get heaven's perspective, you know. Get heaven's get heaven's view and see the harvest sitting right here behind you. These kids are a harvest. These kids are the key to the harvest. Honestly, if you get these kids activated, you get these kids out here involved, and and yeah. you, you start reaching them. I guarantee you, the parents are going to want to know who is speaking into their kids' lives. Well, they're going to be said today too, houses, and they're going to say. What's going on with my kids? You know, what's taking place with my kids? Mm-hmm. My kid ain't acting out no more in school. My kid ain't talking back to me anymore. Something's changing in my child. <laughs> what's well, going it was on something else here? that was said that, you know, yeah. okay, so we start right there in the middle, uh, the middle of that uh, housing authority, right? And we're right there in the middle. Those kids are coming. They're learning. We're pouring into them. 
Well, then those kids know all the kids in the neighborhood, you know, and we start doing flag football games. We start grilling hot dogs and hamburgers and doing a true community outreach. Well, you don't think those kids are going to say something to the other kids that are in the neighborhood and start pulling them in and being like, yeah, well, of course y'all can come bring your families. They want everybody down here, you know, and it's just, it's going to, it's going to grow because it's, it's something that one, as we, we started the show off with leading with the Holy spirit that he he's pouring into us there. And that's why it's pouring back out. And two, it's just, that's what true community outreach is. You know, I mean, I love going down and, and preaching hard against the uh, principalities and the powers of downtown Atlanta, but sometimes you're down there and it's, we're just button heads, you know, we're just plowing uphill the whole time, but like to see, see the fruit, see the harvest, that harvest that you were talking about, you know, those kids were there attentive the whole time, the whole time. Loving yeah, that they, they that were, they were, man. they were, Stephanie yeah, was mothering on them. go ahead. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just being honest, man. It struck my heart, bro. Really, the Holy spirit really convicted me today. I mean, he convicted me. He's speaking me Holy Ghost spanking, Holy Ghost slap down today. Mm, I just sat good. down and was like, Lord, where do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? And the Lord's just like, I mean, you've got an audience right behind you. You've got, you've got, you've got kids right here that you can minister to, that you can preach to. And you're more worried about the masses instead of yeah. what's right here in front of you. And I was like, man, Lord. You know, this is kind of the way I look at it. You know, each one of those kids whose hearts we've touched, you know, who we've poured into, who we've activated, and it's something that Rabbi Rick had said, too, earlier when we were eating tacos. It was like, you know, and it's the same thing. You know, we activate these kids. They go out doing kingdom work. We're just as, as valued in heaven as they are for activating them, for pouring into them. You know, we get a crown for that as well. And not to say that, you know, oh, I'm just here to stack crowns, but just in, in the spirit world, you know, pouring into those children like that, that's that's that next generation. That's that generation that that is mostly being led by the secular world, by these demons. And if we can pull them out and, and start teaching them the truth, the way in life, and they can start going out and testifying, laying on hands, casting out devils, healing the sick, then that's truly us pushing the front line back against the enemy, taking that next generation and saving them, pulling them from what's influencing them, the demonic influence that's on them, and actually making a change for the bride, for the church. And that's really, I mean, truly, that's where it's at. I'd love to have the whole family there because coming from a broken home like that, I, you know, I just have that compassion, you know, like I want to talk to the parents to let them know, you know, what it's like, you know, how, how I've come up. But again, like Holy Ghost led you today, it's not about me. You know, it's not about you. It's about what is the true harvest that's right there. Uh, real quick, let me jump over here and grab Mike's message. He, uh, he's been on for a little while now. What are your positions on science? Huh. Um, there's real science and then there's pseudoscience. And that's a whole, that's a whole nother episode, man. And it, it would be best to, uh, to dedicate a whole episode to that. But uh, go ahead, Joshua, what you got on that? 
Um, yeah, so exactly what you guys were saying as far as the the harvest being right there with those kids. But it's here's one of the things that I've noticed as well. I even saw it from from last night to today to my own family with my own kids. You know, think about how much harder it is to get a 60 year old man who has been set in his ways, who has been bound by the same spirit of pride and the same spirit of anger and all of these things who's been bound by his whole life or spirit of religion or anything like that. And he's never, he's never experienced or believed anything else. He's never experienced any freedom. This is, this is how he's been his his whole life. And, you know, in all it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cemented in and in reality, you know, in the natural reality, he also knows I'm, I'm getting up there, you know, I'm trying to retire here in 10 years or whatever, whatever their, his plan is in life. And I have one guy specific in mind that I in, in, pictured in my head uh, from last night. And we, we saw him there at the deliverance service and he was being ministered to and not a lot of breakthrough came. Uh, there was some conviction we saw on him. He, he, you know, the, the conviction manifested for lack of a better word, I'm not talking about like a demon manifesting, but the conviction manifested in him throwing out his pack of cigarettes while he was standing there getting ministered to. And as soon as we left, you know, we went to waffle house and he was there back outside smoking a cigarette, which this isn't saying anything bad about him because I was there for years. I wanted to be free from whatever addictions I was dealing with. And I couldn't find that breakthrough, but all all of that to say, you know, how much easier is it to teach a child from the time they're young to showing them the truth of who they are, showing them the truth of who Jesus is, showing them the truth of the position that he wants them to walk in, um, and keeping them out of those chains, you know, before, before they ever get in them how much better is that, you know, and I'm tying that together with, even if it's Jason, I'm tying this together with you, your thoughts and conviction about the the size of the crowd and all of that. And what Holy Spirit was telling you today is think about what Jesus did with 12 people, 12 people who were on fire for him, who were close to him, who knew him intimately, even with all of their flaws and all of their weaknesses and, and imperfections, you know, the, the reality of who they are, who they were as men, as, as people, you know, they had their sins, they had their character flaws, they had their issues, they had all of their little infighting, they had their personal agendas, all of that stuff. They were real people, but they were close to Jesus. And they went out and turned the world upside down. And it's the same way as, as we are drawing closer and closer to the father as we are looking more and more like jesus as we are trying to be more sensitive to the holy spirit and and our faith in what he can and wants to do through us and in us and uh, you know more revelation about who we are as sons of god walking in this realm that he gave us dominion and power and authority over everything as we as we step farther and farther into that revelation and we get closer and closer to him we spend more time with him more intimate time with him 
how much more of an impact will we have on the world around us as we go out in our daily lives and our businesses, uh, as we step out and do ministry, you know, on, on the weekends or whatever, because that's what we're saying. We're stepping out and doing ministry. Um, the same exact way for these kids, you know, that's, that's one reason I'm trying to be so intentional with my sons about training them upright and not having them in just a feel good church service, a place that entertains them, a place that they like because the, oh, the pastor's cool and we got video games afterwards or whatever. No, this is the reality of it. And when you realize, when you realize who you are, what God has for you and the walk that he has for you, that becomes more fun than anything. James, you and I were talking about this earlier in your car. Uh, Jason, the scripture you just read out of John kind of ties into it. It's not exactly the same, but it made me think of this where it says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. James, what we were talking about in the car is, and I think about this regularly. I thought about this last night in the deliverance service. As I was praising, as I was shouting out to God, I was like, God, this is how we party. This is what we, we, we don't want to be anywhere else. Hey man, this come is a, on. This is on Friday night where I would have been in a previous life where I would have been come out on. at a rave or I, I would have been out at a bar or I would have been out chasing, chasing something that would have left me empty, but it was going to temporarily fill me. It was yeah, going to temporarily oh. numb me or entertain me. It was going to be, it was going to be like eating Chinese food full of MSGs. I was going to be hungry again, just a little bit, you know? Like this, this is the food that keeps us full. It keeps us satisfied. Whereas I, you know, I, I wouldn't have wanted to be anywhere else than where we were last night. And then we get up on Saturdays and it's a beautiful day today. And I've never been into sports. I've never been into sports, but there are, you know, I take the weekends off for a reason, you know, multiple reasons, but I don't work on the weekends. And I could use that time to, to rest or to go to the lake or to go to the pool or to barbecue or do whatever, whatever we want to do. But I don't, this is what I want to do. That's and it. it's not, it's not the same as, and James, this ties into our conversation as well. Whereas we would find things on the weekend, you know, whatever, on the weekends, whatever. I Chase. have to get out and do this, chasing it. You're always chasing it to fill that void. And then if you didn't, find that temporary fix yeah that's what i'm saying if you didn't find that temporary fix if the party fell through or the house guests to be polite to be respectful if the house guests we were inviting over didn't show up or if my if my connect fell through Mm -hmm. then i'm mad i'm mad i'm at the house like well the whole weekend's ruined what am i going to do now That's what I'm saying. My, you know, it's the night's ruined, the weekend's ruined. Um, you know, my boy's not going to re up until next week. What am I going to do now? I got seven more days, you know, didn't, but it's not the same for this. Mm -hmm. This is, I I wouldn't, I I don't want to be anywhere else. It is actually fulfilling. It's actually making an impact on not only my life, but the people's lives who I get to minister to, but if for whatever reason it doesn't happen and we don't get out or we don't go out or the day doesn't happen like we want to, 
we don't it, it doesn't it doesn't ruin the day it doesn't ruin the week we look at okay this one person got touched or yeah. god what what was your what was your reason show show me why we didn't see anybody today you know and no matter no matter what it's a it's a win-win no matter what you see it well, for what it is too, is like the training that on the job training that we're doing every weekend because it spills over into the week man no matter where i go i'm looking somebody on a crutch somebody on a cane uh even if i'm just sitting there praying like prime example and i, I should have shared this with y'all earlier uh jennifer's birthday was uh thursday i believe the ninth okay so we go out to eat take her out for dinner right this is crazy right so we pull up she gets out of the car Alyssa gets out of the car they go in i park the car by the time i park the car which wouldn't but maybe two minutes tops parking the car and walking across the parking lot when i go in they're already seated and i was like wow i was like well that's kind of crazy and uh so the manager's not sure where they sit so they're walking me through the neighborhood and the server's like hey we're right here and turn around and it's an older guy serving us and the girls are sitting there so we sat down well you know bless the food we're talking as we're sitting there eating and whatnot i'm always praying in the spirit talking to god anyway and um the server's on point he, he keeps bringing we went to Provino, so he keeps bringing a list of bread he's he's brought an extra salad he's on point he's just he's working it right and uh God kept landing on me. is like, pray for him, pray for him, pray for him. So I was like, all right. So I said, when we get through eating, I'm going to make sure he's got his hands free and I'm going to pray for him right here. Like no holds barred, full of revival. We're bringing it right now to you. And uh, so we get through eating, uh, do the thing. He comes walking by and he's got a handful of, of dishes. I said, hey, but when you get your hands free, I, I'd like to talk to you. I didn't tell him what I was going to do. I made it, it seem really stoic and like oh you know what's going on here and uh he comes back up and he's like yeah but what's going on and uh i said well man i i'm a disciple of christ and i've been praying while we we're here about you and god wants me to pray for you i said what's going on that that you're that you're afraid of right now and he said man i just got back from the doctor i've got some kind of heart issue where uh there's blockage in my heart and i can't breathe and uh like I knew it, I got that word of wisdom. There was something wrong, something he was afraid of. So we started praying. Person to pray for that breathing too, man. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we told him. You know, I was like, "Look, dude." Uh, I even told him, "I said, look, healing is a process. Miracles are instantaneous. So d d you can get a miracle healing." I was like, "Well, you can go through the process of a healing as well, but don't think just because it wasn't miraculous and you're not breathing as, as soon as I get through praying for you, that you're not." being healed by God and then told him about my situation with the double pneumonia and all that crap. And, uh, dude, after that, he just breaks down right there. He continues to talk to me and tell me what's going on with the rest of his life and how he just got insurance. Like it was, it was a divine, it was seriously a divine appointment that God led me to that guy that night. And get this, so there were another group of girls sitting beside us, these three ladies that, that came in later. Two of them showed up first. The third one showed up later, and I could hear them over talking, and they were Christians by, their, by the way they were speaking. And I'm not judging anybody for their choice of, of how they live their life, but they, 
made a joke to him about bring us a glass of wine. We'll just bring us the bottle. So what I got to do, I didn't say anything about their choice to drink wine, but they got to see a disciple of Christ stand up in the middle of a restaurant that's fully packed, stop this man and pray for his health and his well-being and peace of mind. And when I got through doing that, those those people that were sitting at the table, they were like, that is amazing. And I'm like, well, we're disciples of Christ. We're supposed to lead the way Christ was and kind of got to, to witness to them at the end with not kind of any kind of, you know, damnation or condemning them or anything just to show them this is what we do. If you're going to say you're a Christian, this is what we do. And then, like I said, that dude for the next 10 minutes, like he stopped working, he stopped working so that he, he had, he knew and he felt that he could come out and talk to somebody. And that's like doing this stuff that we do on the weekends makes it so much easier to do that as you go preach the word that Jesus has told us to do. And it's just, that's like you're saying, this is all I want to do. Like, it's all I want to do. I don't, I don't care anymore. I don't care about anything. You know, we were talking about that earlier. You know, I don't care about the car. I don't care about the house. These things are nice. These luxuries that we live in are nice, but it's not, it's, it doesn't mean anything in the long run. Yeah. It it doesn't mean anything in the long run. You know, a a storm could come and this house could be gone, you know, in a second, my car could be wrecked, but eternity and what I'm doing to help build the kingdom, what we're doing to help build the kingdom. I mean, it goes right back to what Jason was saying, you know, to do the will of the father. And that is as you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what he has always wanted us to do. And that's what we've been commissioned to do. And it just gets easier and easier. You know, a year ago, I would have laughed at you if you would have come up and said, Hey man, next year you're going to be evangelizing, laying hands on people and healing them of of demons and and sickness. I'd be like, you're crazy. But now it's like, I wake up in the morning. Thank you, God. I love you. And I thank you for this day. And I just ask that you send one person my way that I can witness to that. I can soften their heart, that your words will flow from me and soften their heart. Father, and that they will know your son and have a relationship with your son. I, that's my daily prayer. And that's, yeah. like I said, it's, it's all I want to do, but it's, well, it's check like, it out that dude, even, even what you were saying, so two things that I, I thought about as you were telling that story. The first one is you were like, uh, you were talking about the, you know, the Christian ladies that were sitting next to you guys, you didn't necessarily have to say anything to them to convict them or to to tell them anything holy spirit holy spirit's the one who's going to come and do that exactly and you know and it's that's that's his job anyway Mm because we can we can sit out there and preach you know or or preach to somebody or talk to them the most convincing and convicting words and and reading it right out of the bible anything that would we would think would convict them of compromise in their life or whatever like that but seeing seeing somebody it's the same yeah, thing as it's the same problem. thing as yeah it's the same thing as on a job you know if you've got one guy who's really lazy and he's doing he's doing you know shoddy work he's just you know he's not he's being real lazy moving slow not doing good quality work and you just outshine him with your work with you got a good attitude you're doing it above and beyond 
it will it will in, eventually it'll convict him i am not doing what i'm supposed to and this guy he's not he's not complaining he's not telling me all kinds of stuff he's not going to the boss and telling him he's just working like he's supposed to i need to step it up or he'll end up somebody else will end up noticing it the boss and he'll end up saying you know what you're you're not cut out for this it's the it's the really it's the same exact way with this walk you know so they're either going to get convicted by god's word uh reading it themselves by holy spirit speaking directly to them by a word being preached by somebody or shared by you know somebody else or eventually at the end it's going to be like i don't know you 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 said my name you showed up at the building every sunday but i don't know who you are you know you you did not run this race well and so very very similar things um but you're talking about getting that word of knowledge for this guy and uh, praying every day for God to highlight people for you to speak into that ties in a lot with what uh, that lady spoke over you, the Sylvia who was there last night, what she spoke over you at Christ fellowship um, about you, you you know, you, you speaking prophetically uh, into people's lives and things like that. And I can I can see that I've seen it in I've seen it in prayers when you're ministering to other people. It was the same way with this guy. Um, and, you know, the one thing that I wanted to say before and I just didn't get a chance to is we are some some comments you made, you know, about um, Jason being, you know, obviously having a gift of doing evangelism, getting out there and preaching. And uh, he's, he's real strong in those things. And Eric, you know, being really good about teaching and knowing the word and um you know, you made some comments about Yvonne and I and things like that. We're, we are not the fantastic four, you know, we're, we're not the X-Men with each one of us having our own gifts and we're going yeah, out no. strict, strictly with these things, all of these things. Um, the Holy spirit equips us to do those, you know, casting out demons. Every single one of us is equipped to do that. There's no gift of, of deliverance. There's no gift of casting out demons. Uh, prophetically, some people might operate stronger in the prophetic, but just like Jason said a minute ago, I can, he can teach you how to, how to flow in the prophetic and how to, you know, exercise that and how to pull from, pull from the Holy spirit to get details and things like that. They're, they're muscles that can be exercised. It's not like one gift is for each one of us, but I have seen you operating in that, in those words of knowledge and in, you know, prophetic words and things like that. So don't, I don't want you to strictly think that this is your role, that that's your role. And that's the only thing you need yeah, to focus no, on, not at all. but, but it's, it is something that you can exercise. It is something that you can go after and say, all right, God seems like you've already kind of gifted me with this, or you have, it might even just be that he's put uh, an interest or a desire for that. Like you like that kind of like Curry, like his thing is healing but he even says i get around people who flow in the prophetic and i start getting more prophetic and he's like that's something i've heard him say it. that's something i'm trying to work on and exercise because i want to i want to operate in words of knowledge and and you know prophecy more than what i do um and that's one of those things where i have been trying to because i i love being able to pray for people lay hands on the sick and see them healed and I've seen it a number of times, 
not a ton, but I also haven't been doing this for very long, but there's something that I like, and I've, I've noticed this really, really recently. It hits a different chord with me when I speak into people's lives, when I speak prophetically over people and it hit, it hits a different chord with me. I really like it. Um, and so that is something that I've been trying to step out and be more intentional about. Um, I've done it in our family prayer time where I've, I've spoken, you know, I've prophesied over my sons, over my wife, um, over that kid at your church, Jason, last night, um, Elijah, I think it was. And I got two, two opportunities, mostly afterwards, mostly after the deliverance kind of breakthrough part. I saw him sitting down and I went down and sat next to him. And that's really when I was able to prophesy over him and speak some things into him. Um, and, but it was still, it was still a, a personal one-on-one -on -one time stepping in, into that other realm and kind of pushing everything else out of my, you know, out of my attention. Um, but even that chick today who, you know, she ended up receiving the Holy spirit, the one who I walked around the neighborhood and ended up meeting. It was, it was the same way where I, I didn't walk up to her like, Oh, I want to go prophesy to this girl. And funny story is I thought she was a dude for the first half of our conversation. Definitely said he a bunch of times uh, until, <laughs> until she was like, I'm a female. So she looked like a dude, but it was a good icebreaker. <laughs> it was a, it was, it was a good icebreaker and we both laughed. There was, there was nothing uncomfortable about it. No embarrassment. It was really funny. Um, but she, you know, she, young black girl, like early twenties or something. And she was, she was tatted up and was wearing jewelry and had a haircut and muscle and bone structure and clothes and everything just with the culture nowadays and the way people dress and talk and, and carry themselves sometimes it's really hard to tell yeah and i i called her for the first like for the as many times as i could i just called her by name which was a nickname nuke that doesn't help me out at all like what's your Come name on. nuke <laughs> all right i i was already having trouble figuring this out and your nickname's nuke that doesn't help me anymore um so i said nuke as many times as i could in the prayer before i finally was like all right i'm taking signs you got some rough looking knuckles you got tattoos in the same place as i do i'm going with he it was it was really i mean both of us genuinely laughed at it but right after that when she was like i'm i'm a female Oh, okay. Um, right after that was was when the the dynamic changed, and you could you could say it's because I started calling her correctly for what she was, but it was it was a change in the spirit, um, and the dynamic for the prayer and the conversation and the connection changed, and I started I started prophesying into her life and and was calling out you know. Um, characteristics of her like personality characteristics and gifts and strengths uh things like that that you know I, I wouldn't have known but she was like yeah that's exactly who i am you know people say this stuff about me da, da, da. um so i all, all of that to say i didn't walk up on her like i'm gonna go prophesy over this girl but i have been 
trying to slow down and say, all right, God, what do you want to speak into this person's life? Because a word of knowledge, we know, we all know this, a word of knowledge or a prophetic word can touch somebody in such a powerful way. Whereas that person might not need healing. You know, that person might not need deliverance. Like this girl knew Jesus. I asked her who Jesus was to her. And she, she I mean, she was with a smile on her face and, and a genuine answers. He, he's, he's my everything. He's my Lord. He's my comfort. He's my friend. You know, I was like, so, you know, that if we were to both go out right now, you know, you'd go to heaven. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. What about the Holy spirit? Have you received the Holy spirit? And it, I don't know how I got off on that, but the, the prophesying to people and those words of knowledge, um, keep, you know, keep exercising that muscle, dude, keep stepping out and, you know, don't, don't worry about getting it wrong. Sometimes if you get, if you get like this unction, if you get this, um, you know, a little prompting to ask somebody, you know, Hey, Jason, even today with that, that guy, Joshua, who came out, uh, ask him about his right ear. Nope. Nothing about his right ear but there was still breakthrough. The, yeah. the prayer, the prayer and the words we spoke over him, there was still breakthrough. And like James said, he walked away encouraged, you know, he walked away pumped up. Um, so yeah, keep, keep doing that, man, but don't, don't yeah, neglect the other walk. things. Cause that's, yeah. Don't neglect the other things though. Cause that's not your only role. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that was something I'd like to get into that, uh, you know, we were talking earlier today on the, uh, the fivefold ministry. And, uh, I was going to see if Jason and I, I was hoping Eric would be here. So we'd have both of them sitting here and, and teaching into us and anybody else that's wanting to learn about the roles of the fivefold ministry and, and what it is and what they're all about. But, uh, I mean, if we have to schedule that for another day, we can, cause it's already getting late. It's 10 o'clock now. Uh, but Jason, what do you got going on, man? What's, what's, what's laying on you? I'm just on cloud nine from last night, brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> really? I mean, honestly, I'm still on cloud nine from last night. Today was awesome. It was great. You know, um, it's good to see, you know, people get, get ministered to, um, little girls getting filled with the Holy ghost and stuff, man. And like I said, you know, this Holy spirit just really shifted my paradigm of thinking when it comes to the masses, the crowds, and, and then just realizing that, you know, Hey, look, you got a whole crowd behind you right here that you're totally missing, you know? Yeah. And that's when I just really started praying. I was like, all right, well, Lord, what do you want me to minister to these kids on? You know, what can I use to, you know, be relational to them as far as like reach them as far as like ministering the gospel. And, uh, that's why I just felt like the Lord just told me to start reading about uh, Samson, you know, Samson's life and, and, uh, <clears throat> not allowing the, the enemy to, to wear us down to the point that he takes, he takes our very strength, you know, like, yeah. like, like the enemy did with Samson, you know? And, um, but yeah, man, it was just, uh, today was interesting, brother. It was a definitely interesting day today. Well, you know, and I felt uh, it when I woke up this morning, like, well, even when I got good. home last night, man, that we were warring, man. Like I said, we opened up portals last night and that spiritual warfare ain't no joke. Like 
I seriously felt like I had been boxing. I mean, everything from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet were sore. Uh, I even said something, I don't know who it was. It was laughing about, oh, it was at, at church. And I was like, dude, even my butt muscles were sore. It felt like I had been climbing stairs. Like I, and then this morning that's, when I got up, go ahead. That's from being 45 and jumping around in the altar and dancing before the Lord. <laughs> Man, I, you're the 145. Yeah. I, got, I got a few more months. I got a few I woke more up, months. I woke up. I was sore, man. I'm the same way. I woke up sore all over. All right, let's uh, let's get to Andy's question here. She's got a she's got a question. Seems like. Okay, I have a question. Um, when it comes to your spiritual senses, okay, so we have spiritual gifts, and then like Isaiah Salvador was talking this past week or last week on spiritual senses, I get, an, I understand, um, like, seeing in the Spirit from the Scriptures, I understand hearing, you know, the Holy Spirit, like, speaking to you, um, I'm having trouble finding Scriptures that under, that explain, or that I can draw the link to when it comes to smelling in the Spirit. I got you. Um, when really... The main question is like discerning because they, you know, they teach all that stuff in the new age things as well. So, um, yeah, no deceiver around here. Yeah, I knew Jason had that. I mean, uh, I can tell you that that smelling in the spirit, that's happening. That, that's on it. But go ahead, Jason. Yeah, let's go to uh, Hebrews. 514. Is Annie still on here right now? Let's see. I believe she she is. Is. Yeah. Yes, she's still here. All right. Well, I got you, sis. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. And uh, let's go here. All right. Let's go. Uh, let's go to verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes of only partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil evil and there's two words i want to point out to you i want to highlight to you right here the word reason of use that word use right there means practice and that word exercised practice by reason of practice have their senses exercised that word means trained in the greek as well so by reason of practice have their senses trained to discern both good and evil. You know, oftentimes when we think about the gift of discernment or the discerning of spirits, we often think a demon behind every bush. And really that's not always necessarily the way that we can operate or flow or move in the gift of discernment or the spirit of discernment. We can also discern supernatural things in the Lord. We can also discern angels in the room. We can feel angels. We can hear angels. Uh, Zachariah had an angel 
speak to him, bring revelation to him, bring him understanding to visions. Uh, he said, you know, do you, do you know what you understand what you see? These treat these two olive olive plants dripping into the golden lamps or the golden oil going in the lampstand and the holy and the not the whole, not the Holy Spirit, but the angel brought understanding or brought revelation to Zechariah or spoke to him. So we can discern good. We can discern the remember the angelic. We can discern devils, of course, absolutely. Just like my wife today, uh, she felt, uh, she described that when she had that sickness come over her body, it felt like a whirlwind of sickness going from, from her toe, toe, toes all the way up to, up to her neck. And she's, she's sensed that she felt that in the room of the spirit prophetically, she felt it. And, um, she, she told that spirit, you know, oh, this house is full. You ain't getting in here, right? You have no access. There's no entryway. There's no point. You can come in. This house is full. And so, yeah, just like we have five natural senses, we have five spiritual senses. We have our feeling, of course, it's like Dana felt that today. Uh, we have our, our, our sight. We have our hearing, we have our smell, we have our taste. You know, scripture tells us to, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, is scripture just saying, uh, you know, hypothetically taste? Is scripture just saying, is that, is that just uh, symbolically? Do I symbolically taste and see that the Lord is good? Or can I actually experientially taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, Song of Solomon's, um, Song of Solomon's. Uh, what about us? Uh, you know, David said that his words were sweet to my taste. You know, you think about that, the word of the Lord that came to David. David said that thy words are sweet to my taste. Uh, Song of Solomon's also, I'm going to flip over there right quick because I want to talk about smells as well. And I could get you some more scripture on as far as tasting things in the room of the spirit. Let's just say, you know, for instance, you're praying for, you know, you know that you just get a bad taste in your mouth. You know, that's, and I know we knew we use that as a, a, a figurative way of, of explaining our bad experience with somebody. But I believe that we can literally get, just get a bad taste in our mouth and that'd be a discern, something out of discernment, like, oh. This is just doesn't feel right, doesn't taste right, doesn't, you know, kind of thing as well. Um, okay, let's hear. Uh, let's go to Song of Solomon's chapter 2, uh, verse 1. I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valleys. Like a lily among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved upon among the sons i sat down in his shade with great delight and his fruit was sweet to my taste now this is the bride decreeing and declaring the beloved speaking to the bride the beloved saying i i am i am the lily like a lily among the thorns now that's jesus you know in the dialogue of song of solomon's the beloved which is, I love Song of Solomon's. You don't hardly hear a lot of people preach on the Song of Solomon's, but I love the book of Song of Solomon because it's loaded with so much prophetic uh, insight in who we are in the Lord, our identity as the bride of Christ, who he is, 
the nature of Christ, the 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 uh, attributes of Jesus. Song of Solomon just really brings out the person of Jesus in Scripture. And so, but verse two is the beloved. It's Jesus, the Shunammite in the 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 the, uh, the story or, or the dialogue of Song of Solomon's is the bride of Christ, right? So the beloved is saying this like a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Jesus, he is that pure white lily. He is the Lamb of God without blemish, without stain. He is sinless, but he was among thorns. He thorns always symbolize or can symbolize in scripture the fallen nature what happened when adam and eve sinned when adam sinned that the ground yielded up thorns the curse or the result of the curse was thorns the fallen nature uh paul even dealt with a thorn in the flesh he dealt with a messenger of satan he dealt with a demonic uh spirit that followed him around in the form of a Judaizer that persecuted him whenever he would go and preach. Uh, there would be, you know, somebody there reminding him of his past. You're the one who uh, crucified Christians, and now you're preaching this message. It was a messenger, a literal messenger, a demon, that a person that was influenced by a demon that followed him around as a thorn in the flesh. And so uh, he says, so is my love among the daughters, like an apple tree among the, the trees of the woods. So is my delight. Now, this is the Shunammite speaking of Jesus, talking about Jesus. Like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. You know, in Galilee, listen, this, this is amazing right here. Galilee is known for the apple trees. Galilee is known for being able to produce big, ripe apples. When Jesus... uh the, when he uh, when he told the disciples that he would appear to him again after his resurrection, where did he tell them that he would appear to them at? In Galilee. So this is the bride saying of Jesus that he is he is that apple tree. He is he is the vine that we abide in. He is the one that we get so full of the sap of his glory. We, when we abide in him and he abides in us. We produce much fruit. So he is that apple tree. He is the fruit of the tree. And so so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down in his shade with great delight. Where, where do we delight in the Lord? We delight in him by abiding in the secret place. We abide. When we abide in him, we rest under the shadow of his wings. We rest under the shadow of his glory. And the, the bride goes on to say, about Jesus, that his fruit was sweet to my taste. I can taste the things of the kingdom. I can experience the things of the kingdom. The kingdom isn't just some far off, far fetched uh, uh, thing of my imagination or, or 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 just words in a book. I can literally be a partaker of the kingdom. I can literally partake of the fruit of the kingdom. I can literally taste things in the rim of the spirit, in the dimension of the spirit. I can have supernatural encounters with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I can take great delight in his presence. I can take great delight in who he is, and I can taste and see that he is good. 
And so uh, I love the talking about the five senses because really when you get activated and in in the hearing and listening to the Holy Spirit move and operate in your life when it comes to the five senses, man, you step into another level of glory when it comes to hearing the voice of God. Listen, we know the voice of God as far as the still small voice of the Lord or the inner audible voice of the Lord even the audible voice of God. So many people teach on those three areas or those three aspects when it comes to hearing the voice of the Lord, but they neglect the fact that the Holy Spirit desires to speak through our five senses. And yes, maybe the new age might have some stuff like that, but listen, that did not belong to the new age because it belongs, it belongs to us. Everything that is part of kingdom stuff, supernatural stuff belongs to you and I long before the new age ever pick it up and run with it. It it belongs to the children. It belongs to us for us to experience when it comes to kingdom dimension, when it comes to supernatural revelation, when it comes to angelic encounters, when it comes to visions, when it comes to trances, when it comes to being filled with the Holy Ghost, when it comes to being overflowed with God's presence. You know, there's witches that speak in tongues, but does that make tongues evil? Does that make tongues wrong? Absolutely not. Tongues belong to you and I. They belong to us. And so just because people may flow in an area uh, uh, that, that, that we're called to flow in, doesn't make, doesn't make us wrong or make those who teach about the five senses wrong because it belongs to you and I first and foremost. And so, um, you know, just like we can take, you know, we can taste things, we can see things. It's like you said, you know, you understand, you, you know that we can see things in the realm of the, of the, of the spirit, just like uh, Elisha prayed for Gehazi, that Gehazi's eyes would be open, that he would see that, that they were the, that were more for us and that them were that were uh, against us. His eyes were open to the realm of the supernatural. Uh, think about Adam and Eve. I believe that Adam and Eve saw dimensions of the spirit in the garden long before they ever saw in the natural and perceived that they were naked. I believe that, that yeah. when their eyes were open, they were open to the rim of this world. But before that, they saw in the rim of the Holy Ghost. They saw in the rim of the Spirit. They saw in the rim of the supernatural. Uh, you know, think about First Samuel 9, 9 says that in the Old Covenant, when the prophet was called to the office of a prophet, he was called as a seer before, he was, before the word prophet ever came along. And then there's two types of prophets in the Old Covenant. There's the seers the Chosa, and then there's the Nabi prophets or like uh, Nathan. Nathan prophesied by the bubbling up from within. That's the Nabi prophet. But the Samuel prophesied by what he saw. And Samuel's activation took place because of 1 Samuel chapter 3 when Samuel was asleep in the secret place yeah. in the ark, in the area of the ark. Before he ever stepped into the office of a prophet, he was resting in the secret place. The key to the dimension of having activation in your life is resting in the shadow. Just like Song of Solomon says, I sat down in his shadow. His shade was with great delight. We can delight ourselves in the Lord and he'll give us the desires of our heart. If our desires is to hear his voice, be used by his kingdom, then why not? Why wouldn't God speak to us in our five senses? Why wouldn't God give us pictures, uh, you know, snapshots? I call them snap, Holy Ghost snapshots. Give us pictures, give us dreams, give us trances, give us uh, smell things. You know, why, why not? Why, why would, you know, why, why not? 
you know, why wouldn't the Lord choose to speak to us that way? He, he's designed us. Our, the very fabric of our DNA has been, been designed by him. He is the master plan. He's the master. He's the master designer of this body that we have. And so I believe that we, you know, scripture says that we are the body of Christ. And so if I'm the body of Christ, that means I can taste the very things that Jesus tasted. I can see the very things that Jesus seen. I can hear the very things that Jesus heard. I can see the very things that Jesus saw. I can feel the very things that Jesus felt. Scripture says that Jesus perceived virtue. He felt power leave his body when the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment. When she touched the hem of his garment, she was made whole. But the scripture scripture says that he perceived virtue leave his body, leave his body. You know, he felt it. Just like Paul says that he saw faith on a man when he was preaching. Paul says, I saw, he saw faith on the man and they told him to, to stand up and, and receive strength in his legs. Uh, you know, Acts chapter 12, I think it is. Um, but yeah, you know, if you need some more scripture on that, I definitely could dive in and pull it up, but that's just a tidbit of stuff right there to, to, to run with. The thing that, I, that keeps popping in my head, it's a little bit, reversed but i think it, it works the same way where you know um scripture talks about our our worship our praise uh, our sacrifice going up as a you know a sweet smelling incense to the lord and it, it seems like exactly like what you were saying we are the body of christ and we were created in his image that we would also smell sweet things in the spiritual realm because we're not actually sacrificing and burning something there's not actually an incense there's no smell to our praise or our worship or, um, you know, our lives being a living sacrifice. There's no literal smell to that in the natural. It's in the spiritual. And if God smells those things and they're a sweet aroma to him, um, you know, it makes sense to me that we would also smell um, sweet things in, you know, in the spiritual realm whenever that I don't know whenever it's it's needed or whenever Holy Spirit wants to give us that or if that's a you know a specific gift that someone gets I, you know I don't know I I do know that along the feeling uh, line you know feeling things in the spiritual realm um, it, Yvonne is real sensitive to that and it's something that she has been trying to sharpen and hone and, and get more specific. And I've been telling her to be intentional about that because she can, she, one of her main ways of discerning spirits, whether it's in a house or around somebody or in just an environment um, is she feels it and she feels it way, way stronger than I do. Sometimes I'll get a little bit of a feeling of it, but she'll feel it really strong if it's on a person or whatever. And um, you know, Jason, I shared that, kind of personal testimony with you earlier about the breakthrough that we just saw recently and the feeling that we got from that spirit that left was a dirty feeling. It, you know, it was something, it was something that you didn't even want to be around and it felt dirty. And when it was gone, man, it's gone. And that feeling is no longer there. And you're able, we are able to get close to that person. We're able to be around that person the way that, um, we were originally intended to be and what we've been praying for for a long time. So those spiritual senses are, you know, I mean, they're, they're a real thing. And I, I love that God in his, 
in his mercy and kind of, you know, I call it like kind of te- I call it kind of teasing us a little bit, even though he's not, he's not holding himself from us, but what he has done in my life is as I'm, as I'm newly introduced to something such as divine healing or such as, you know, what we're talking about right now, being sensitive to the things of the spirit, he'll let, he will let, he's done this with me. He will let me experience a little bit fairly easily. You know, it'll come easy and he'll give me a taste of it and say, yeah, see that you prayed for that person and they got healed, even though, and we've talked about this before, even though, even the scripture doesn't tell us go out and pray for the sick. He saw you just got introduced to this. You're learning about this and now you're stepping out in faith and trying to do it. You prayed for this person. They got healed. Now it builds your faith. It builds your encouragement to do it. And as you learn the word and you, you train yourself, you realize, okay, I'm actually, I'm actually commanded to go and heal them, not ask you to do what you've already paid for. And it's, you know, it's the same way with this. That was what I call him kind of teasing me with it. He gave me a little taste. He gave me a little appetizer. And then the, the rest of the time for a while, it wasn't so easy. And so I had to really pursue it instead of thinking it's always going to come really easy. It's just going to happen because I do it. Um, it would, it was a little while and then I'd see it happen again. And he, so he's, he's building and he's allowing me, giving me the opportunity, allowing me, but also pushing me all at the same time to pursue that. Um, and it's the same way with, with this being sensitive to the spirit, being sensitive to these different ways of discerning, uh, spirits or discerning his presence or discerning whatever it might be that we're talking about in the spiritual realm. Um, and you know, Jason, what you said, as far as snapshots, that's, that's what I see in my mind when I get a lot of times I'll get words of knowledge, or if God wants me to pray for somebody, I'll see a picture of them in my mind. I'll see a picture of that person. And then it'll, it'll kind of zero in or highlight a part of their body, their leg or right leg or something. Um, or the other night we were at church and we were talking to a lady and she was sharing a lot of stuff going on in her mind. And I kept seeing the word flash in my mind, destruction, destruction. And it was just flashing. And I shared that with her and she connected some dots, what that might mean. And then a little while later, we found that same couple, James, that we've been talking about a few times, Jason, that I, I was wanting you to meet that you briefly met him last night. Um, that prophesied and spoke into our life. She, that lady ended up prophesying into this other lady's life. And she went in, she went in not knowing anything about our conversation, not knowing anything about that word that I spoke. And she was like, destruction, you know, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you're the one who's going to bring this destruction. And so it, it all tied it in together. But those snapshots, sometimes you'll see it flash in your mind. That's, that's how I see it a lot of times. Pictures are powerful, man, because I love uh, Proverbs 25 and 1, I believe it is. Uh, it says that the, 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 uh, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. In other words, God, God doesn't hide revelation from you and I. He hides revelation for us because he likes to be sought out. Exactly. A lot of times the Lord will drop little pictures in our mind. And it's like, you know, if we don't know to stop, pause, and just, just meditate on the Lord and just ask the Lord questions, right? 
Um, and we would just, you know, we dismiss it as pizza. We ate, you know, like 20 minutes ago. What am I thinking this crazy thought? It's got to be the pizza, right? But it's not the pizza. It's the Holy Ghost, you know. Um, <clears throat> if we don't stop and think, man, and just allow the Lord to speak to us and just begin to ask questions and start a dialogue. I mean, I, I was like, I was teaching Stephen on the way home today about asking the Holy Spirit stuff and just talking to the Holy Spirit. I said, man, dude, just talk to the Holy Spirit like you talk to me. You know, just talk to him like he's a person because he is a person. He's a person. Just talk to him like you would a normal person. Just have a conversation with him. Ask God questions. You know, that's when I was encouraging him on the, on the way home. And uh, same thing with, with pictures, you know, ask the Lord questions. What does this mean, Lord? What are you, what are you saying by this? Right? Because, I mean, Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that we know in part and we prophesy in part. So sometimes prophetic words or words of knowledge come in fragmented pieces. It's like the pieces of a puzzle, putting a puzzle together. And, and a lot of times they're just abstract thoughts as well out in the left field somewhere. You know, I'm thinking Jesus, 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 Jesus. And all of a sudden I hear gallbladder in my conscience. Yeah, well, I wasn't, you know, thinking about gallbladders, but all of a sudden, when I'm thinking on Jesus and just meditating on the name of Jesus, Jesus, and just meditating on the Lord, and all of a sudden I hear gallbladder, you know, I got to step out and give that little piece of the puzzle or somebody could miss their opportunity for a healing in their gallbladder, breakthrough in their gallbladder. And I'm not saying that the Lord is, is, is limited by you and I not stepping out. But I am saying that the Lord desires to use us to allow him to move. We are his body on this earth. Can God sovereignly heal somebody of a gallbladder? Absolutely. He can sovereignly heal somebody of a gallbladder, but he chooses to use you and I and how he chooses to use us is all of us, not just he wants to use all of me, not just my conscience, not just uh, not just my knowledge of the word, not just my voice in my mouth, not just my eyes and my head. He wants to use all of me, my senses, my emotions, my my taste, my touch, my everything he wants to use all of you not just part of you all of you and so uh you know talking about with the bond feeling feeling things you know that that's a powerful way of picking up words of knowledge it's a powerful way because all of a sudden you can get around somebody you ain't been fighting depression and all of a sudden you feel depressed and a lot of times we'll just bind it or rebuke it or we take ownership of it thinking Oh, God, I got to go get prayer. I'm feeling depression. Lord, why do I feel depressed? And we start, we start, we start thinking it's us. We're really the Holy Spirit speaking to us about somebody in the room fighting with depression. But if we don't stop and ask God questions, we'll never know the answer to why we're feeling that depression or why, why, why is that coming on us? You, you see what I'm saying? Or if we don't search out who it belongs to, it's like, just think for you, for instance, you move 
powerfully by getting pictures for when you pray for people or snapshots. Well, what if you started feeling emotions and then you got the snapshot of who the emotion belonged to? You see what I'm saying? Or you pull on your wife. You know, what are you feeling, honey? I, I feel, I feel, uh, I feel anger. And then all of a sudden you get the snapshot. It, all right. Well, this person, let's combine our pieces together and let's see if this is the Lord, right? I got the picture of who it's for. You've got the emotion. Let's go address this and see if it's the Holy Ghost, right? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's awesome. are actually walking this out whereas before we weren't so good about that it was one or the other was doing good for the longest time it was like that one of us was doing good the other one not so much and now we are both finally walking together um, in our relationship with jesus in our you know the training that we've gone through in the uh you know the hands-on stuff we're doing the -the on-the-job training that we keep calling or whatever I think that both of us are are growing in that working as a team, um, and I, I man, I want to see that increase, uh, especially after you know this this couple that we've just met recently that I've I've mentioned a few times, James, you know, you know who I'm talking about, and uh, Jason, they were at that thing last night. Um, they they both operate really powerfully in the prophetic, but they. They work with each other, um, man, in such a smooth and powerful way where when we first, when we first met them, uh, you know, I watched them, I watched them play off of each other and work with each other where, um, he Milton would start, you know, he was praying in tongues and he was saying something to me and she was interpreting his tongues and speaking it to me. And then he started, you know, he, he's trying to, so this guy's notorious for like letting letting go fire, you know, and people just getting laid out. And he was trying to he was trying to release these fireballs into me, and nothing was happening. And she's like, "He don't need fire. He needs love." And so he switched up what he was doing. And so both of them were they were working with each other and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And it was just such a powerful dynamic watching them. And it was all man, it was on point. You know, and if one of them missed it a little bit, the other one sort of corrected it. Um, and it was really cool. You know, it's been an, mm-hmm. it's been an encourage, it's been an encouragement and, uh, you know, an inspiration to Yvonne and I just watching the, you know, this couple where they're doing everything together and they're both really sensitive to the Holy Spirit and they're, they're working with each other. Um, so it's been really cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the first thing I thought about Jason, when you were talking about that, which I, I liked being able to work alongside her last night at that service. Yeah. Um, awesome. You know, that was a, that was a great opportunity for both of us to get up there and, uh, and do that. And it was, you know, still, it was on the job training, you know, it was a little bit chaotic. Whereas the more we do it, the more we will be able to do what I've been saying the whole time. And it's kind of, all right, let's zero in, let's focus on the person in front of us and also be sensitive to what each other is feeling. And, um, you know, but God, once again, God is so, he's so gracious and he's so merciful. 
that even if we don't do it exactly right the first time he shows us, he's like, all right, that was, that was good. You saw a little bit of breakthrough, you know, some people got, some people got deliverance, some people, they got touched. I, I ministered to them. Um, here's what you need to do next time. You know, yeah. and he highlights, he highlights the things. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, also, you know, just for anybody that would just be in the back of your mind right now, this kind of senses from the Holy Ghost. So I'm not sure if anybody's really questioning this in the back of their mind that are listening right now. Uh, well, what if I miss it? Does that make me a false prophet? Absolutely not. That does not make you a false prophet if you miss it. Listen, false prophets turn people away from Christ. You're being zealous you know, for spiritual gifts, you're zealously pursuing spiritual gifts. You're zealously going after uh, the, the, the gifts of the spirit, the operating the gifts of the spirit. You're going to make some mistakes. You're going to grow and make mistakes in the Lord. And it's okay. Just because you miss prophetically or miss a word of knowledge or get an emotion wrong or something you taste wrong or something you feel wrong does not make you a false prophet. Um, in the book of Acts, or, by the, you know, or as so, you're prophesying to somebody, you call him a guy. And growing in the Lord, you're, 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 you're growing, you, you know, that's the whole heap. Oh, Jason. It looks like it's doing, yeah, it looks like it's doing the same thing for him as it did for me earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Starts. Yeah. James, you he wants to shut you down. Yeah, Cutting we'll, in and out. We'll give him a chip. There you go. You're, You're back. back. Is that better? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. just because you miss it doesn't make you wrong. You know, uh, that's the whole beauty about the whole five four uh, Hebrews five fourteen practice and being trained. Am I good? Am I good to go? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, you're still here, Jason. You know, where's you might be even referencing what I was going to ask. I know that the difference between prophets in the Old Testament, whereas they they had to be accurate, they they their job, and it had to be proven was that they heard from God, and that they repeated what God said, basically, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. And then in Absolutely. in the New Testament, in the New Testament, those those who speak prophetically, we are told to test to test everything. And so it's, there's a difference where they are prophesying from, because now, you know, we're, we're told we have the mind of Christ. um, And it's not that we are just repeating what we heard from him, but we're prophesying out of basically out of our newly created spirit. And those who hear it are, are commanded to test it. Is that, did I say that accurately? Yeah, First Corinthians chapter fourteen says that you may all prophesy. First Corinthians fourteen thirty one uh, says that you may all prophesy. So just like everybody can speak in tongues, we can all prophesy. Mm-hmm. In fact, in the end times, there'll be a corporate body that moves and operates in prophecy. What Peter say in Acts chapter two? He said, "In the last days, said the Lord, I pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy." Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions, right? So that's a corporate prophetic anointing across the board on the body, right? 
Um, in the Old Testament, they prophesied, thus saith the Lord, right? They, when they spoke, they, they spoke who they were speaking from. They were speaking from who they were getting the, their prophetic word from because there was so much idol worship going on. You had people, you had prophets of Baal that were speaking. Mm-hmm. You had prophets of uh, Ashtoreth that were speaking. You had uh, people that were worshiping the god of Moloch. You were having all these sacrifices taking Bagel. place, these idols being made, uh, Philistines, you know, every, all this stuff going on. And so whenever prophets prophesied in the Old Covenant, that's why they said, thus saith the Lord, because they were distinguishing who they were speaking was, from. Yeah. However, in the New Covenant, in the dispensation of grace, under the umbrella of grace, we've been given a little bit more leniency when it comes to prophecy, when it comes to flowing in prophecy, growing in prophecy, because Acts 3.23 says that we are now all sons of the prophets. So really, you could pretty much say that you're a prophet. You know what I mean? You could you could say that because we're now we're sons of the prophets. We are we are the fruit of uh, what others did. Just as I read earlier in John chapter four, it says that you are harvesting where you didn't sow. So think about that. We're even when we go out and do evangelism, we're harvesting where other people sowed ahead of us. Right. There's been yeah. people generations before you and I that have went out on the streets of Atlanta and shared the gospel. There's been generations before you and I that have went into other regions and areas that have pioneered and broke open those areas, broke open those portals. And those portals have now become damned up because of sin or damned up because of humanity. And all we are stepping in and opening back up those portals in the rim of the spirit. And we're reaping fruit and we're reaping harvest what other people have sown. So uh, I don't know. I got off on a little tangent there. But um, but Acts 3.23 says that we're sons of the prophets. Also this, uh, you got to think about this. Just as they prophesied in the old covenant, thus saith the Lord, because they were distinguishing who they were speaking from. There's only one time in the entire New Testament where somebody says, thus saith the Holy Spirit. Only one time. And it was Agabus the prophet in the book of Acts. Now, Agabus the prophet was a legitimate prophet. He prophesied about a famine that was going to take place in the book of Acts. And famine broke out. It happened, right? But then Agabus prophesied about Paul. He prophesied a word over the, you know, thus saith the Holy Spirit, this man will be bound and led to Jerusalem uh, and he, 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 he gave a prophetic word, but his interpretation or, or I think is his application to the prophetic word. Wasn't a hundred percent accurate. What he said, was it well, actually what he took, uh, Paul? he took Paul's, uh, took tunic, Paul's right? rope. Yeah, yeah. 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 And tied it up. Right. And he said this, you know, the, the, the tunic that this man belongs to will be bound by the Romans and he'll be led and, you know, into Jerusalem. And that was not even what all that's not even what happened with Paul. But did that make Agabus a false prophet? Absolutely not. He had prophesied about a famine and famine. Came I was thinking that he dismissed the detail when it came to the prophetic word. 
Go ahead. Gotcha. I haven't I haven't read that in a minute. I was thinking that that one where he was he was prophesying to uh, to Paul that his word was accurate. But Paul was like, you're it was like he was warning him and trying to keep him from doing something that he already knew. This is this is my destiny. This is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and so it was like a word of knowledge. It was a it was a prophetic word. What I thought it was accurate. But Paul was like. I, I still have to do this. Like you're not keeping me from doing this, but like I said, I haven't read that in a minute. It may have, you may be right. I don't, I don't, I'm not, it's been a minute since I read it as well. Um, but I'm just using him as an, as an example, you know what I'm saying? You're using him as an example in the sense that, yeah. you know, he prophesied a famine and the famine happened, but then he prophesied about Paul and what he prophesied. I don't, I don't think it actually, um, uh, it came, came to pass. To I'm not sure. was, yeah, yeah, it came to fruition of what, what he was saying. I think it was the, the, the details of his prophetic word wasn't wasn't accurate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, um, you know, prophecy but your, your original point was part. that he said, thus saith the Holy Spirit. Yeah, thus saith the Holy Spirit, right? It's the only time in the New Covenant that we see anybody using thus saith the Holy Spirit. Any, and it was, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't 100% what he was saying. So, um, and definitely, man, we should go read read that too, because you know me, I'm a stickler for being 100 percent right on scripture. I don't ever want to. Be I, was, not be I was right. I was going to as well, but uh, you know, uh, maybe we could you know come to the to a theological conclusion on what really took place. But uh, when it comes to prophecy, you got to think about prophecies in, in threefold, right? Prophecy comes by revelation, interpretation, and or, or, or is a three components of a prophetic word, right? Is revelation, interpretation, and application. Revelation can be what you're seeing, what you're feeling, what you're smelling, what you're tasting, what the Lord is speaking, what you're hearing. That can be the revelation. You're getting revelation from the Lord. The interpretation is all right, Lord. What are you saying by this? And the application is, Lord, who does this belong to, right? And so that's that's the three components of a prophetic word. Whatever I'm getting something prophetically or you're getting something prophetically, that's revelation for you. The Lord speaks to you through snapshots, right? That's where you've cultivated that area in your walk with the Lord where you receive pictures, Right. I, I've I've had that happen in the past where the Lord spoke to me through pictures. Right. Even though the Lord speak can speak to you and speak, speak to us in pictures, we can have a picture, but we may not have the interpretation of what the Lord's saying. Right. Or what, do you, what does this mean? Lord, what are you saying by this? What do I you know? Why am I seeing this? What, what is it? What are you saying, Lord? And, you know, just as I quoted Proverbs 25 earlier, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. When God gives us that revelation, that concealed revelation, remember when Jesus was teaching his disciples and he said, and, and the disciples came asking him this question. They said, Lord, why do you speak to them in parables? Why do you talk to them this way? And Jesus said, because for, it's not for them to know. But for you, it's to know the kingdom. It's to know what I'm saying. This is the meaning of the parable, right? He pulled them aside and explained everything to him, right? 
the glory of God to conceal some people that the revelation can be concealed to them, but it's the glory of Kings. Now you and I are Kings and priests in his kingdom. We're a Royal priesthood. It's our role to search God out when it comes to bread, when it comes to revelation, when it comes to getting revelation or receiving revelation, Lord, what are you saying by this? It's, it's for you and I know we are to know the mystery of the kingdom. It, it's unveiled now to all of us and you, the veil's been removed. I'm not saying it's just, you know, I'm using that as an analogy and teaching and, and saying what I'm saying right now when it came to Jesus and the disciples. But now revelation has been unveiled for you and I as, as the Gentiles, as, as us who believe the gospel. It's been unveiled. You know, Peter talks about, Paul talks about the veil also in scripture where he talks about the reading of the law. When it comes to the Israel, he says that to this day, their hearts are veiled when the law is read. They don't see Jesus in the law. They don't see Jesus in the, 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 the Passover. They don't, they don't really see the Messiah in the Passover. But when one turns to the Lord, uh, uh, Paul says, that the veil is removed. So when we turn to the Lord to find out the revelation of what he's saying, that veil is lifted off, and that's when we can hear the voice of the Lord, the revelation, the interpretation, and then the application, Lord, who's this belong to? You know, who's, who's this belong to in this room, Lord? I got this, I got, you know, I had some words of knowledge last night wrote down on paper before the meeting. I was sitting there seeking the Lord, and I released one last night about somebody having cataracts on their eyes. Nobody came forward. It's okay. It's all right. I went for it. You know, uh, it could have been somebody that was watching the show. I can remember a word of knowledge right now off the top of my head I got last night that I didn't give in the meeting. I got a word of knowledge about somebody from Stone Mountain that was there. Or, or they were just got back from a camp, camping trip or, or they're, they're watching from the area of Stone Mountain. And, and I kept tasting chalk. You know, like chalk just has that, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. I just tasted chalk. And I was like, okay, Lord, what are you saying by this? And the Lord was saying there's a teacher anointing on somebody but because teachers use chalk to write on a blackboard, right? And so I'm like, you know, I got this crazy word of knowledge, but I didn't get the opportunity to release it last night. But I was sitting there practicing before the meeting and just listening to the Lord, not praying just listening, just thinking Jesus, 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 and purposely positioning myself, just like we can soak and enjoy his presence. I was purposely soaking for the purpose of getting words of knowledge, positioning myself in mm. soaking prayer, silent prayer to get words of knowledge. Yeah, and that's so, good. Uh, but anyways, yeah, yeah, I, don't know, I got off on the tangent there. But, uh, but uh, something you said there, I'm not real sure on what it is. What is a blackboard? Like a chalkboard. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Jason. It was an old person joke. It was an old oh, person. Oh Lord Jesus! <laughs> you got you got like three months on me, man. I, I got to give it to you. Got to give it to yeah. you. <laughs> what you. is this? What is this blackboard you speak of, sir? I have a tablet. Uh, you've got you've got the you grew up with the dry erase markers and the whiteboard, right? Forget no, I'm like generations. I'm generations have, ahead of you. Generations like like Star Trek. Yeah, but you know, Man. I mean, like for me, to me, you know, the Lord knows. Listen, 
The Lord knows you, James. Yeah. The Lord knows you, Joshua. So guess what? The Lord knows how to speak certain things to you that you'll understand, that you'll get, that you'll catch, right? He communicates to you on your level of intelligence, on your how he's how you're designed, how you're put together. For me, you know, like just like the whole chalkboard thing. You know, we may have somebody on here that's like 15 years old, or you know, or I don't know the age group on here right now. But they're like, what is this guy talking about? A blackboard? What's a blackboard? You know, exactly. This is going to be cracking the joke on me. But, the, the, you know, in, in cracking the joke, the Lord knows how to speak. Give me something in Revelation that I'll understand what he's saying. Well, yeah. Or then I'll speak him to know what he's saying. You know, also, but, yeah. that word, you know, it, it may even be associated with someone of that age demographic you know like someone who knows what the chalkboard is so they know that that's their calling that 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 word is for them because the word wasn't for somebody who doesn't know what a chalkboard. yeah and you know it could be somebody that was sitting there that may have feel like they've missed their call you know because of their age you see what i'm saying or even someone on this call you know a blackboard is a chalkboard is obsolete you know you don't even go to school to see chalkboards anymore uh, I don't even think you go to school to see uh, dry erase boards. No, everything's on a tablet now, man. So um, that's how more advanced it is now. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, it could be somebody sitting there that they feel like they've missed their call, you know? And exactly. they haven't missed their call. And the, But the Lord knows exactly how to locate them, you know? But, um, but yeah, man, and, you know, the, and this is stuff, too, man, I love we we got on this topic tonight because – this is something too that I'm pushing myself to get back in that direction of flowing in words of knowledge and, 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 and getting reactivated in that man. Because for me personally, I, I've been kind of damned up in that area. My, my walk with the Lord, I've been kind of damned up when it comes to getting like really, really detailed words of knowledge, man. Cause dude, yeah. I used to get some heavy, real detailed words of knowledge, you know, and I, I want to, I want to re get reactivated in that. And so I was kind of purposely soaking yesterday before the meeting to kind of listen to the Lord, you know, and if it takes getting around somebody that's flowing in it to get, get reactivated in it again, I, I'm definitely, I'm game on for that too, as well. You know, uh, the cool thing that I've experienced with God is how sure you guys know this is that he's such a good father and he's such a good uh, teacher. He's such a good shepherd that when you see, after him for something specific like that and you know and I've, I've shared testimonies you know of my own life where i was going after him like god i need a breakthrough in this specific area or god i want to speak in tongues i want that and he was you know he was gracious enough to give me that one thing that i was seeking after uh and it's the same way you know with with these gifts you know if you're trying to hone in like, like what I'm doing where, like right now, I'm trying to be more intentional about prophesying to people um, over their lives or just into them or giving them words of knowledge or words of encouragement or whatever, that because I'm seeking after that and because I'm trying to exercise that muscle and practice it, he's faithful to come alongside me and empower me to do that. Um, 
you know, I mean, you guys, you guys know that. And Jason, it's the same way you were talking about being intentional about hearing his, about hearing his voice, just stopping and just listening. God, what do you want to tell me? I'm listening for words of knowledge right now. And he gave you a few things, you know, and you wrote them down and you didn't get a chance to speak them, but you were, you were obedient. You went through the, went through the first process, which was going after it, being intentional about listening, writing it down. And the, the opportunity you got to call out the one, you know, it didn't hit anything, but Who knows? you did, you did what you're supposed to. And it's the same way as if we're going to ask him for something, we got to be, we got to be willing to follow through when he, when he gives it, you know, and even if, even if we step out and it's a wrong word of knowledge, that'll still open up a door it, you know, very well can open up a door for you to still minister to somebody and still see God touch them where they are. Even if the, the original thing that you saw or felt or heard wasn't accurate. You know, I did that the other day we were at the Mexican restaurant. I stopped in to grab some nachos and, you know, queso dip to go with what we were cooking at home. And I'm sitting there and I look up at the guy and I, I was like, right leg. Boom, real clear. <laughs> and I'm like, so man, just start talking to him. I was like, hey, is there something going on with your right leg? Nope. All right. It's like, no, no pain in your what about the left one? You got two legs. Any any pain in your other leg? No. My feet hurt though. I was like, all right, I'll take it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and so you know. Do you want pain in your leg? <laughs> that 50-50 chance. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it still, it gave me the opportunity to pray for him and minister to him for a minute. And uh, it's a lot of it. It's practice. It's stepping out and just not, not being worried about, you know, the embarrassment, not being worried about, you know, what's this person going to think about me, not being worried about, am I, am I doing this right? The power is not coming from you. You know, that Holy spirit lives in you. But God's still the one who's healing these people. You know, you you can't do anything on your own without him working through you. So going back to those missed calls uh, last uh, last weekend when we had the cops called on us or whenever it was, we had the cops called on us. Oh, yeah, yeah. I dropped that word of knowledge on that cop that that stepped out of the car about the sciatica, the back issue with the sciatica. And he was all like, yeah. no, I have equipment in my lap. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I'm still holding that he just didn't want to admit it. That yeah, it was he actually didn't want to admit it. Hey, yeah, he you, you get a cop who starts. About him. Yeah, that and you get a cop who starts talking about, yeah, I got back issues. Oh, well, how, we can't have you out on the job running yeah. around doing yeah, all this. Exactly. We got we to gotta right. check you out. So, yeah, things like that. If, for, for cops, um, you got to catch them on a real – you got to catch them in, in private, in person. If it's just them, not next to their partner, not on a call. Cause the, the, the times where I've seen breakthrough um, and where I've seen God touch cops that I was praying for has, it's been just them, you know, or like if it's me and Yvonne walking up, but not, not a partner and not on a call. Yeah. 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 All right, brothers. Well, it's about to hit 11 o'clock. Jason, you want to pray us out or y'all want to keep going? Uh, get, get that question right quick. Who's that question? Oh, I didn't even from? see we got a question. Let's get that question from Mike. Approaching well, someone like that, it, it would definitely put up an immediate barrier for 
someone I would believe because they would be like, how does this person know something about me? There you go. Take yeah. that one, Jason. Yeah, it, it tends to tweak people out, man. I used to do what we called prophetic evangelism every weekend instead of like what we do now is like going out and preaching and, and going after to see healings and stuff. We used to do prophetic evangelism at Pastor Mark Lawson's church. You guys met him yeah. uh, that, that last outreach in Canton, right? And so that's where we um, met last week. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we used to go out and take teams out for prophetic evangelism. And even I even floated some words of knowledge when we were down there at Pastor Mark's church. You know, just I think it's just kind of getting around that anointing that he he flows in. You know, because Mark flows in some real prophetic stuff. I mean, you know, um, and just like he's hung out with a lot of big name prophets, and you know, what I'm saying just kind of. Got everybody in the world to slap hands on him, you know what I'm saying? And uh, for impartation, but but I mean, he's a papa in the Lord, too, you know. To me, he's a, he's a papa in the Lord, and um, but just getting down there around him and being around the mantle that he carries and that he walks in, you know, I could tell that I, you know, I was popping out some words of knowledge and stuff, uh, down there. Um, but yeah, we used to go out and do. Uh, prophetic evangelism and instead of going out in like handing out tracks or going out and, and preaching on the streets or going out and handing out food we would walk around walmart's uh, the mall and stuff like that we would just ask the holy spirit we would just look at people and ask the holy and i ain't talking about like staring at them to the point you make them feel uncomfortable kind of thing you know we just look at somebody and then, all right, we just kind of look away from them. And then we just begin to ask the Lord to give us details about them. Lord, I'm just asking you to speak to me about this person. And it may, you felt pain in your back or you felt pain in the back of your leg. And then you may hear in your conscience back surgery. And you just walk up to this random person, man. And you say, Hey, excuse me. I, uh, I don't want to freak you out or anything, but I really feel like the Lord uh, gave me something for you. I feel like I feel like the Lord speak spoke a word to to me for you. Do you mind if I share it? And and be like, well, yeah, sure, I, I guess. And I say, well, um, I felt pain in my back, and then I felt like the Lord told me that you just went through back surgery. Is is that is that accurate? Is that is that true? And they'd be like, dude, how do you know that I just had back surgery? You know what I'm saying? And there would be nothing obvious in the natural realm. Like they're not like got a brace on their back or anything like that. You know, it's just, you're praying and asking Holy spirit to speak to you, which I mean, this might be a fun thing for us to do here in the future to go out and do some prophetic evangelism. Yeah. Of just blow it up on the streets all the time. Well, and that's the same uh, thing that brother Joel does with treasure. That's what I was about to say, brother Joel does that. Uh, uh, yeah. what is it? Something treasure hunt, ultimate treasure yeah. hunt. Yeah. You know, and, you know and that, same thing, but, that's how it works though, Mike. Like, like, yeah, it, it, it might make some of them clam up and be like, well, how do you know this about me? But it gives you the, the minister. It gives you that opportunity. I don't know anything about you, but the Holy ghost knows everything. About the Holy you. ghost. Yeah. It's, it's all about evidence. how you approach you somebody though. Yeah. It's yeah. about how you approach them and you can't, you can't argue with supernatural information you know you can't argue with that who's to say you know yeah. you, you may look at the woman at the well for instance jesus encounters the woman at the well right the passage right before i read tonight about the lift up your heads uh 
you know, and the harvest is ripe. But the woman at the well, right? Her encounter with Jesus at the well. And and he says, you're right to say that you have no husband. In fact, the guy that you're with now is not your husband. And you've been with every man in the town pretty much, you know. And she goes, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Well, duh. <laughs> I just read your I don't mail. need to be a prophet to know that. Everybody knows this. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I just, I just read your yeah. mail. Jesus just told her her deepest, darkest secrets. He just, he just revealed her stuff. And she didn't shun him or stiff arm him. But actually, it brought her into the encounter with the Messiah to the point that she brought the whole city back to him. Come and hear a man who told me everything about my life. Yeah, It opened yeah. her up. It opened her heart to receive the Messiah, to receive Jesus as, as that he is the Messiah. And then it, and it opened up the entire city to receive the ministry of Jesus, that one prophetic word opened the entire city to receive the ministry of Jesus. I'm a so, yeah, go ahead. So I've always looked at prophets as basically expert people readers and able to read people in a group and how they would respond to a certain environment. And I, and that, that in itself, I believe is a gift. Yeah, I think that can be a gift. I mean, you know, Prophecy is not always the gift of observation. You know that that's more in, in, my, in some in that terms. I think sometimes that's a, an ability of observation of being able to see. You know, and, and they can be prophetic as well too. I'm not I'm not downplaying you. No, by by no means am I downplaying you. I think that can be prophetically as well because you can see people's uh, characteristics. You can see what they're good at. You can see they're have a good read on their mannerisms or, or the, 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 the feeling, the, 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 the supernatural, the, the, you know, this, I don't want to use the new age word, the energy that comes from them. Um, you can sense the spirit. In other words, you know, new age calls it energy. We call it spirit. So you can sense the spirit that they put off, right? You can identify, the spirit that's on their, on their lives. And you can see, and that, you know, that is a, a prophetic gift as well. You can see a calling on somebody that's prophetic as well. Um, but, um, but you know, prophecy, it, it, when it comes to word of knowledge is, is fragmented information. And, but pro prophecy is also foretelling and foretelling as well. Um, and that's the difference between prophecy and, and the word of knowledge is that the word of knowledge can be past or present information or current information. But prophecy is more forthtelling and foretelling. You can, I can prophesy, give a prophetic word over somebody that they're going to step into the nation of Africa, even though they haven't never even been out of the country before, but I'm prophesying that into into their destiny, into into the into what God has for them. So I, I hope I made sense on that. Yeah, and you know I, I know what he's what he's talking about, and you know unfortunately sometimes we see things like people who are 
just good at reading a crowd. Um, they're good at watching reactions. You know, you throw out something, um, you throw out something kind of general or something vague and you, you watch the reactions and then you just play off that and you build off that. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing you have yeah. an aunt. Yeah. My aunt Myrtle. Yes. Your aunt Myrtle, your aunt Myrtle's really old because her name's Myrtle. She has to be old. Yeah. It's and old yeah, no. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I, see what, you know, I see what he was. I see what he was hitting at now. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a difference and, you know, between I, manipulation and and playing playing off of people versus yeah. moving in in words of knowledge. Yeah, because yeah. everything when it comes to yeah, that's more general yeah. stuff. But detail word of knowledge is more detailed. It cannot be denied. This is supernatural. Exactly. Word of knowledge is a supernatural fact. It is a literal yes. fact of what's going on. The fact is you've got cancer in your, your spleen and the fact is that you went to the doctor today and the fact is that you were wearing a red t-shirt yesterday at the doctor's office when I saw you in the vision. That's that's yeah. word of knowledge. That's different than, yeah. than reading the crowd. Go ahead, Bubba. I'm thank yeah. you for explaining. Yeah, no, that's all good. And the the ultimate thing, you know, it, it all has to boil down to this. Not only is it is it factual, these you know, these words of knowledge or whatever, um, but ultimately, what is what is the person's end goal? Because as a believer, whether we are whether we are speaking into somebody's life, you know, prophetically, whether we're uh, whether we have a word of knowledge for somebody, no matter how we are ministering to that person, ultimately our end goal points back to Jesus. And so that is the other way that you can, um, you can judge and discern, you can judge a situation or, or where somebody is coming from is, is this pointing back to Jesus? Is this glorifying Jesus? And, you know, if it's healing, um, you know, the same thing as you can go to a witch doctor and I've got a problem in my neck and they do a spell and they pray a prayer and they say a chant and all of a sudden the pain's gone from my neck. I think they healed me, but that, you know, that demon just went somewhere else. And it's like, oh, I got healed from this guy. It Maybe not the best analogy, but it's the same way where what is your purpose in reading this crowd what is your purpose in calling out things in this person's life is it ultimately like are are they going to give their life to jesus and walk out of here or are you fishing to sell your book are you fishing to sell them you know to to pull an offering here in a minute what is it you know i'm and jason i think i've heard you make this joke before you know like i'm 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 sensing uh you know if, if you sow, uh, you know, if you, uh, I'm, I'm reading out of Psalms right now, Psalm 60, and I'm, uh, you're going to get 60 blessings for sowing 60 seeds right now into my ministry or something like that. It, it's kind of the same way. What's, what's your ultimate goal in this? If you're going up, you know, all of this started out talking about the cop originally, where we've already established that a cop on duty with a partner on a call is he's already on guard. He's not going to be the best person to approach, um, you know, kind of abruptly with something going on with your back. No, dude, I'm fine. And you need to like, I'm here to make sure nobody's about to go to jail and seeing who called the cops on you guys. Cause right now y'all got the cops called on you, but 
you walk up to somebody in the mall or in Walmart when you're grocery shopping and, and you're like, Hey, you know, this might sound kind of weird, but like, I, I feel like God just showed me something about you. I feel like God was telling me something about you. Do you mind if I share it with you? They're going to be way more receptive. I found the same thing just when I'm, I'm wanting to pray for somebody, you know, God highlights somebody to me. And he's like, I want you to go pray for healing for that person. And I, I don't approach them the right way. And I'm like, Hey, can I pray for you? No, get away from me. Crazy man. And it's like, Hey, you know, if you walk up to him, Hey, you know, uh, my name's Joshua, you know, Hey, how are you? To a little brief introduction, you know, kind of break the ice a little bit and you're not just running up on them. Hey, let me, hey, let, let me lay hands on you. <laughs> Don't touch me. Get away from me. Um, let me touch you. Let me touch you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's this. It's the same way, but you know, Mike, you're you're exactly right. Where so so many people have had bad experiences, or they've they've heard, you know, horror stories, or they have a family member who was taken advantage of, or whatever it might be. All of these things. The bad thing is that God creates, and Satan comes in and perverts. He comes in and twists, and and he perverts everything and turns it into something that it's not not only so he can manipulate and and get into people's lives but he can also sow doubt in the real thing he can sow doubt when the authentic comes along people are are less likely to believe it and they're they're more likely to say hold on i've seen somebody do this before there was somebody on the street who came up talking to me of like this and then my wallet was missing you know or something like my no my my, my mom went to yeah, my mom went to a televangelist meeting and she was she was sewing into this ministry for years. And then the you know, the televangelist ended up cheating on his wife and lost everything and all like I, I I've seen this before. Well, you might have seen something like it. Um, but you know, so it's it's so much of it, man. It's being we've talked about it the whole time. It's being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. There's a big there's a big thing just about knowing how to talk to people about being authentic, you know, the, and I, I keep referencing this because it happened today, but with that, with that girl that I was ministering to and praying with it, it never, it never messed up our time, our connection and what, what God wanted to do in that girl's life, because I, I wasn't up there just being some fake Christian. This is what I'm out here doing. It was, it was authentic the whole time. The laugh was authentic from both of us. You know, my joke about like, all right, let me try to redeem myself. So uh, scripture tells us that in heaven, there's no male nor female. So let's go with that. You know, <laughs> like the, uh, good the, whole, <laughs> the, whole, the whole time it was, it was authentic. It was real. Um, and it's the same way with words of knowledge or, or the prophetic, just approach them like another person. You know, I don't want somebody running up on me, just showing me a bunch of scriptures on their phone. I've had them do that to me before. They try to trap me in their question, you know, Hey, like, do you, whatever, whatever different denominations and different so-called Christians, you know, claim to be or claim to believe or whatever. And they pull up on their phone, a list of, you know, select scriptures that they've pulled out of context and 
Well, God's word says right here that when they take communion like this, I've shared this with you yeah. guys, when they take when they take communion like this, um, God puts his seal on you and that's how you're saved. So if you don't take communion the way my church takes communion, you're you're not guaranteed eternal life. Well, hold on, dude. For one, this gets back to being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. For one, that feels really dirty in my spirit. I told you guys, that's how I felt. It was manipulation. It was, I felt really dirty with that guy trying to um, twist scripture and manipulate scripture to fit their, their denomination, which was, it was not biblical. It was not the love of Jesus. It was not accurate. Um, you know, but it's like, you've picked these select ones and you've pulled them out of context. You won't, you won't even pray with me. You're telling me that you only pray under your heavenly name, but that doesn't happen until way later in the Bible, not while you're still on earth. Come on, dude. Like you got to know how to talk to people. You got to be authentic. And the great thing about God's word is that it, unless, unless you are coming in and manipulating it, unless you are coming in and editing it, treating it like a buffet, God's word is always true. God's word is always true. It'll always ring true, which is one of the biggest things that we talk about when we go out, whether it's in a, in a church building here in a, a a pastor up on stage, or it's when we go out on the street and minister to people in a crowd or one-on-one, -on -one, whatever. If we're going out preaching the uncompromised gospel, if we're going out preaching the unedited word, we're not taking the things out that we don't, that we don't like, that we're not comfortable with. If we are doing and saying and living the word of God, it will not return void. There will be fruit, whether it's one or two, or whether it's a dozen, it, it, you know, it doesn't even matter. It won't return void. And it, it, what we're preaching, what we're demonstrating, what we're showing, what we're living will ring true. We might have to work on our, our approach. We might have to work on our application, depending on the environment, depending on the situation, depending on the person. We might have to adjust our approach. But as long as what we're preaching and what we're demonstrating and what we're living is biblical, it will ring true. It will ring authentic. So when we go out not trying to be plastic Christians, when we go out not trying to put on a facade, you know, going out, James, you say this all the time, putting on your Jesus jacket where we're acting one way, but we actually live another way. You know, the, the saying real recognizes real, that, that's true. You know, people, especially those who are not in the church, a lot of times you get more. This is one reason why the church gets such a bad rap is because there is so much hypocrisy in the church. Even if it's not coming from the pulpit, it's coming from the congregation. They're putting on their Jesus jacket. They're putting on that facade. You know, they're putting on all the makeup and all the plastic. They're being synthetic on the weekend. And then the rest of the week, they they're living like the world. And people can sense that people can see that even if they can't pinpoint it, even if they can't articulate it, they can sense it and they know it. And they're like, I don't want to have anything to do with that because something about it is fake. So when we go out and we're real, we don't necessarily have to be perfect. We don't have to be on point and have everything completely organized. We don't have to have everything flowing, you know, 
yeah, everything doesn't have to flow super smoothly. There can be bumps and there can be hiccups and there can be a figuring it out as we go. But if it's real, if it's authentic and it's God's word, it'll ring true every single time. All right, let's catch this last message here. I would definitely say the absolute difference. And like you guys were talking about at the beginning of the uh, show that you have to come with somebody with an open heart. Like you actually care about them. Yeah. Yep. And that's a lot, that's very hard for you guys to do. I understand too. And, and on, you know, where you're, where you're preaching and I'm sure you have as many people that want to come forward and talk to you guys. There's a loud, you know, group of people that want to make you be quiet. And that's also a barrier that that other person has to come, you know, kind of get over to even initiate that conversation. Yeah, it's uh, there are some times where we have um, where we have opposition and it's not it's really not very often. Um, most of the time when we have opposition going out and doing street ministry is it normally is stirring up a demon in somebody. And whether it's, um, you know, and we've witnessed a number of different things. We've, we've witnessed, um, you know, a spirit of religion getting stirred up where, uh, you know, the, the demon inside this person, they don't like the real gospel being preached. And so they want to, they want to come against it for that reason. Um, there are other times that is just as soon as we set our foot on the sidewalk, that demons start manifesting and they start cussing us out and doing all this stuff before we've done anything. So there's usually, there's usually not a lot of opposition to us getting out because our main goal, we're getting out and we're loving on people. If it's, you know, if we're going to the homeless community in downtown Atlanta, we're feeding people and we're praying for people. And these folks know us, like they see us often enough. They know who we are. They know what we're down there doing. You know, we're on, we're on one side of a park. And you've got Black Lives Matter and, you know, the Hebrew Israelites on different corners. And they know what those people are about. They know that they can get a meal from them, but they're not going to get prayer from them. You know, the Hebrew Israelites, they know that these guys are going to be militant, but there's not going to be any love. They're going to be trying to bring them into their their group and recruit them. But there's no there's no truth there. There's no love there. It ties right back into what I said a second ago. Real recognizes real. They know what these people are doing. And some people, they will get for the same reason that Islam is able to recruit a lot of people is because they're they're very intentional about what they're doing. And there are certain ways and, and approaches that they have that are effective. And they bring in young men who are looking for a place to fit in. Same as as gangs. You know, if you're in the if you're in the right region, if you're in the right area where gangs are a big thing. If you grow up without a father, without a good father figure, you're trying to figure out life. You're trying to see where you fit in. A gang is a good place. They know how to get you in there and show you. It's not real love, but they know how to show you love. They know how to show you the attention. They know how to build you up to where you feel like you fit in. Um, but for us, and it's, it's the same exact way for anybody else who is getting out and doing something similar to what we're doing or any uh, corporate church body who is stepping into preaching the full gospel and demonstrating signs, wonders, miracles that are allowing the Holy Spirit to move as he wants to, uh, they will receive the same backlash from the community. 
it'll manifest in a different way. It'll show up, you know, with the neighbors and the neighborhoods and other churches coming against them or family members, you know, leaving the church or whatever that might look like. Um, for us, it's normally we set foot in an area and people's demons start to manifest. That's, that's usually about the only opposition we have to deal with. And we come against it in the name of Jesus. We bind it, we cast it out, we send them packing and it normally shuts up pretty quickly. Um, because we're not, we're not there to engage. We're not there to have an argument. We're not there to, to fight with anybody. And so, you know, when somebody starts trying to get belligerent and start getting violent, when nothing has been said so far, we know it's a demon getting stirred up inside of them. So we bind it in Jesus name, we send them packing and they go, you know, we silence them. I can't tell you how many times we've had to do that in Atlanta. I can picture, I can see two guys faces right now at different occasions that they've started talking a bunch of trash and cussing and being disruptive, uh, interrupting, you know, while, while preaching's being done. And it kind of goes back to, you know, it's a similar story to the, uh, the little sorcerer girl who, who chased around, you know, Paul and them, I think it was Paul and them, chased him around the town. And what she was saying was accurate. You know, these men are preaching the, these, pre, these men are preaching the word of God. The, the one thing that they said that wasn't accurate is they're preaching, um, a way to heaven or something, something along those lines, not the way it was like a way. Um, and even though for the most part, she was speaking the truth, eventually, once again, I think it was Paul. Yeah. He, he got fed. Yeah. He got fed up with it. Cause it even says like him, him being irritated after two days or three days, he got irritated with her and he cast the demon out of her. And then she shut up. You know, it was the same way for these guys. We step down here. There's one dude who we see him almost every time we're down there. And he was being real disruptive one day when Jason was on the microphone and I walked up to him and I was like, I command you to be quiet in Jesus name. I bind that spirit in you. And he, he was silent. Even this last visit down there, he didn't come up doing all of that disruption. Wait, is that while... the little skinny mocker? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I silenced him a couple of weeks ago. Nice. And even, even last, uh, last week when we were down there, Jason was on the mic I was on the mic. A few people were, and he was around. He still came around. He got some food, you know, whatever, but he wasn't doing all that hollering and yelling and mocking like he was. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you're thinking about the same guy. There was the one guy who you said was like uh, some kind of Satanist or whatever. And he was mocking. We had to, we had to silence him too. No, it was a different guy. Um, Yeah. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. You know, but uh, that, that's about the only opposition we I get. Mean, that's that was just what happens when you get down into uh, the spiritual wickedness in high places. You know that uh, in that city there, that's that's the thirty third parallel, man. That's that's one of those high places that that it's talking about. You know, it's not talking about being on a hill. It's been in a spiritual high place, and that's yeah. the reason the Freemasons chose that area to build that city anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got a new one here. All in, sold out. I like that name. We're all in and sold out for Jesus ourselves. So let's see what this message is. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just want to come in and let you know uh, to fellow brother listening in on you guys. Fellow brother in Christ. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome in, dude. Yeah, we like that uh, that middle C. That was good. Uh, keep the harmonies going. Um it's getting a little late in the evening. Yeah, we usually run this thing to about twelve. We've been cutting off a little short, but yeah. we've been uh, 
get more and more folks coming in now. Uh, all out sold out, Maria. Uh, I'm I'm glad y'all are in, Caroline. I'm glad or uh, Carol. I'm glad you're here. Uh, we do this every Saturday night, starting at thirty. Uh, Watchman podcast. It's a it's a Kingdom Conversation podcast. It's all about Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and our Heavenly Father. Uh, we talk about the things that we've done throughout the week, uh, testimonies of healing, of restoration, uh, of, of deliverance. And uh, you are all welcome to join every Saturday night. It's a fully interactive show. Uh, you can leave a message uh, if you're on point and, and wanting to hold a conversation. We give you airtime. You, you know, if you're, you're there making sense, then we, we pull you in as a host. We usually have a fourth host, uh, Eric Vieira, who... Uh, He's out serving right now. I believe he's down in Tampa. He may be up in Pennsylvania now, uh, but usually he's here as well. And uh, like I said, if you guys want to join us next Saturday night, uh, we'd love to have you on. Uh, listen to the conversation. If it's something that you want to get in and you're sharing good points, you can ask uh, Mike uh, Redleg there that uh, we'll pull you in. We'll, we'll put you on the show. We'll give you 30 minutes. We'll give you an hour if it starts going good. But uh we're, we're just glad that, that we can get out and spread the gospel on this format and any other social media format because that's where the enemy is taking ground from us. And that's what we're here to do is just to take that ground back. Go ahead, Brother Joshua. Yeah, um, you broke up just a little bit, so I was just going to repeat it. Saturday nights at 830 is when we come on. And, um, I always, I always want to throw this out there. Yeah. It's open to, you know, it's open to questions, comments, things like that. You guys have already seen it. We try to stay on top of the messages, but, um, I always encourage people to, you know, to give us, to give us some recommendations like, Hey, is there something that you, that you're questioning that you're unsure about that you want to hear more about, you know, yeah, um, Jason's a, a, an excellent teacher. He knows, he knows the word, he knows where to go to for specific questions for, for specific scriptures. Eric is great about that as well when he's on. Um, and, you know, so both of those guys are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to scripture and, and referencing certain things. If there's ever a, a topic that you want to talk about, you know, we've been doing this show for quite a while now um, and we've, we've covered a number of different topics, but if, if this show and what we're talking about interests you, and there's a certain topic that you're like, Hey, I'd like to hear more about this, hit us up with a message one time. And we can either, it's possible we could flow right into that. Or if it's something that we need to prep for and talk about a little bit more, it can be on the following week. You know, we're good with that. So I always welcome those recommendations. Yes. Yeah, and you can follow us also on all of our social medias. Uh, my name's the same no matter which one you go to, whether it's TikTok or um, Facebook. Uh, you can find uh, Jason uh, uh, on Facebook as well as Jason Pardue and Joshua as uh, DBA Joshua Isles. And you can hit us up there. Uh, you can, again, like Josh was saying, leave us, you know, messages on on what you would like to hear or talk about and and we'd love to uh to cover those those conversations as well yep all right play that last message and yeah. i need to crash dude yeah, man it's getting late amen amen and um hopefully uh when i get some time i definitely chime in in a conversation with you guys because uh you're absolutely right the enemy is attacking on these social media platforms and really getting a hold of people too and, and confusing yes them. he is Yes, he is. Yeah, for hey, sure. Also, you can go back and listen to our our older uh, episodes. 
Uh, if you do, I ask that you uh, hit it up on the Anchor podcast or the Anchor app. Uh, we need to get our play uh, volume up on that, and that helps us get distributed through them. But uh, we greatly appreciate y'all. Uh, Jason, you want to pray us out tonight? Yeah, I sure can, Bubba. Father God, I just love you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for another day to serve you. We thank you for another day to be a part of your glorious kingdom. Father, we thank you for another day to apply the blood of Jesus to our minds, hearts, families, children. And Lord, we just ask that tonight, the Holy Spirit, that you would just, uh, we would encounter you in a fresh way. We would have an encounter with the presence of the Lord in a fresh way tonight as we dream tonight, as we sleep tonight. Lord, let us wake up refreshed. Let us wake up filled with the Holy Ghost. Let us wake up rejuvenated for tomorrow's service. Bless our church services tomorrow, Lord. Bless our pastors. They're going to be ministering tomorrow, yes. Lord. Hallelujah. The supernatural outpouring take place through uh, Pastor Todd Smith tomorrow, Lord. Let it take place through Pastor John Graham tomorrow, Lord. I can't yes. wait to get to church to find out what's going to happen after this Friday night's Mass Delivery Service. I want to hear, too, Jason. <laughs> we, need, we need a report on that. Amen. Amen. Well, I love you guys. I love right. you, too. Love you guys. As That's always, good. you know, uh, I want to keep Travis Watkins in, in memory of, of the Watchman. Here he is and always will be. Uh, he finished his assignment here on this earth and uh, was called home, uh, set up with a new assignment in heaven. And uh, I just uh, want to just keep him in, in remembrance as well as, as one of the watchmen. He Amen. did a good job. I love y'all. We'll see y'all next right. week. Uh, right. Jason, I definitely want to hear a report about what uh, Sunday morning service was like. And Joshua, I'll see you tomorrow night, brother. Yes, sir. All right, I love, love you guys. Good night. Night, night. We'll see you. Night. <laughs>